Welcome to the Sports Memory Podcast. It is Tuesday, November 9th. Uh, I apologize to our listeners. I took a bit of a hiatus, uh, been on vacation, been away, really haven't been on the show for three weeks. But we are back, baby, and we are going to get right into this with the news of the week. This week in the news, after a week of saying he takes medical advice from a comedian and misquoting MLK, Aaron Rodgers admits he maybe misled some folks about his vaccination status. 4,000-year-old NFL running back but barely turned teen in Frank Gore years, Frank Gore announces this week he will fight NBA All-Star Deron Williams in a match that is destined to launch Gore's century-long boxing career. The Raiders are dropping like flies. The Raiders announced this week they've cut former first-rounder Damon Arnett from their team, adding to the giant steaming shit pile that was their 2020 NFL draft. Week of the upsets. Falcons beat the Saints. Giants beat the Raiders. Broncos crush the Cowboys into oblivion, and Jaguars' Josh Allen declares, Look at me, I'm the Josh Allen now. News of the Week with the Sports Memory. Wild-ass week of NFL games last week, uh, capped off by the Monday night, a controversial Monday night game. Um, I mean, calls uh, very much being debated today on the sports scene. What did you guys think about the game, and, and did the Bears get fucked? Every single thing about that was absolutely atrocious. Um, you know, I've, I don't want to say I've defended Matt Nagy a little bit, uh, but he was a head coach, like coach of the year, not by, what, four years ago? Uh, so I'm trying to give him a little leeway. But, man, they had, they had guys lining up offsides. They, they couldn't do anything. They couldn't figure out anything. Like the most basic sense of coaching football, they couldn't get it done. And yet... On top of the the refs being just so like blatantly bad towards them, they still almost come back and beat Pittsburgh. You know, not not to take a shot at Mike Tomlin's coaching ability, but let's just stick at the, the penalties. First off, I don't know what a what a catch is anymore. So right, you, you, we see the 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 muff punt uh, comes loose. Uh, obviously, it, it's a fumble. But then they Chicago has this catch down the sideline where this, the the ball's jarring loose but it's still catch. I don't know about that, but this taunting call, guys. How is that taunting if you don't say a word? Like, how is this taunting if he walks towards the sideline, but if you if you force a turnover, your whole team can run to the opposite end zone and go pose, and that's not taunting? Come on, give me a break. So you're talking about the taunting call against Cassius Marsh. So, so awful. Most uh, interesting man in the world. I, I like him talking about the taunting score after the game in that fur coat. That was fucking great. <laughs> Looking like Sabretooth? Yes. Like one of the uh, the, the Viking TV shows. I, I don't know the name of it, but he looked like an actual like, Viking from like the 14, 1500s, whenever, whenever they come from. Well, the, ta- the taunting penalty now is so subjective. It's ridiculous. It just depends on the referee, the crew, whoever's out there is what they're going to tolerate. And it's so hypocritical, like we were saying. Uh, during COVID year, they had the end zone cameras to try to get things more interactive to entertain people at home. And they kept that with the taunting penalties. Like you said, it makes no sense. It contradicts one another. If you want to have the fun league, let's let it go. No taunting penalties, none of that BS. I want to see the end zone cameras. I want to see 
see guys get excited when they make a big play. Because you guys played football. You understand. When you're out there, emotions are running high, testosterone's there, you're laying big hits on people. You want to let it out when you score a big touchdown and you lay the big hit, and we all know that. I don't understand what the big deal is about wanting to show the emotion out on the field. It, it, I mean, it comes down to the owners just being old, rich white men who don't want to see people, you know, celebrate because they they think it's bad for the product. When it's like, realistically, no. One, it makes the product more marketable, I think, in terms of, like, your sponsors and stuff like that. I can take this guy who's showing all this energy and, like, now I can put him in an ad, right? I mean, I don't understand their philosophy. It doesn't make any sense. Well, first, it doesn't have to have anything really to do with, like, old, rich, white men. This is kind of gearing it towards, like, a family well, game. Well, so well I'm talking what... about the owners are the ones who are implementing the taunting rules. Well, that no. came down from the owners. Well, no, but the NFLPA has to agree as well, and that's Marie Smith and, and the other guys who are counsel on there from the NFL. I don't know who else is on that as well, but – it's definitely a part of the NFLPA to agree upon that, and I don't understand how they did. And there were coaches, most notably of which, Sean McVay, which you can suck a dick, Sean McVay. I've loved everything about you, but the fact that you were on the committee that approved the taunting call. Look, if something bad happens on the field, there's always been unsportsmanlike conduct. That's always been there. So you, if if someone goes way too far and they're taunting, you could always call unsportsmanlike conduct. Like if, if you get up in someone's face and like jar them, mm-hmm. it's always been there. You don't want to give the refs another tool to end of game. And if this goes in the playoffs, the ref, the NFL is fucking stupid. Dude, all the NFL about, needs is another controversy. Are you talking about Sean McVay, the guy who sprinted all the way down the field to Deshaun Jackson? I don't know if you saw that earlier this year, but they hit Deshaun Jackson finally on a big bomb touchdown. He ran all the way to the end zone himself, the head fucking coach in the middle of a game, and he wants to sign off on taunting. It's it's ridiculous. I think he didn't have the foresight to anticipate how much it would it would dictate games, but I've seen some atrocious ones. I mean, there was one in the Vikings-Cardinals game that, that very much changed... Uh, the complexion of that game. Uh, there were multiple in the Vikings-Cowboys game that almost caused the Cowboys to lose. Um, it's it's a bad penalty, and the, the NFL needs to needs to do what's right and eliminate it in season. We don't need the officials having any more ability to make really subjective calls like that. Yeah. It's, it should not be in their tool case. There's no way that you should arm them with that. It it, it swings games way too much, and it's not good. Well, not they good already the have roughing the passer as well that we've seen swing major points in the game when it's obviously not roughing the passer. And you don't see a quick call down, which I think they should have. They obviously have a mic to New York where they chime in, and they can be in the head referee's ear right at that time. How is there not somebody there to help supersede that? Hey, quick look, nope, clean hit, no roughing the passer, pick up the flag, wave it off. Let's keep the game moving. Because there's way too many games right now that are being impacted by it. Yeah, True. we, we kind of need that on, like, pass interference. Um, uh, hits on defenseless receivers, you know, it might help, kind of like hockey calls into New York. Uh, but, like, we just have to take opinions out of penalties. Like, it's got it. They It has to be clear-cut because you can't you, – we can't be having this discussion come playoff time, like, like you mentioned, Drew, come playoff, come Super Bowl over – like, there's, a, there's one thing to miss a call or make a bad call – but when like this, if this happens and like your team gets eliminated, you're going to lose your shit. I know I will. And, and a ref absolutely, absolutely should not be able to hip check a player and then call a penalty on him. <laughs> I mean, hey, you're not allowed to have contact, right? So what, what's going on? With I mean, that ref? was wild. The ref truly leaned out, and Cassius Marsh was being pretty reasonable about in the post game interviews. He was just kind of like, "Look, like I, this is all I got to say about it. I don't know how I get called for this, and I don't know how a ref can do that against me, but I, I get called for taunting." Um, the, you know, some, some 
some interesting parts about the game. I feel like this is the first game that I've seen Justin Fields be Justin Fields. Um, it was exciting. I mean, he he was running the ball. They get David Monk, Montgomery back, which I think was huge. Um, but Justin Fields, I mean, he he's finally showing flashes. And look, guys, quarterbacks aren't always really good their rookie year like Justin Herbert. Like, we, we got to give Justin Fields some time. And I feel like some people were giving up on him. And I'm just glad to see some sparks at him. Because look at guys that are great in the NFL right now. I mean, Lamar Jackson was not that good his rookie season. Josh Allen was really bad. I mean, Josh Allen was really bad his rookie season. He made some plays with his body. But other than that, he was terrible at throwing. And Justin Fields needs a few off seasons. I think he. Everyone knew he was an unfinished product, but I liked what I saw out of him against a really good defense. I, I can't wait till he gets a coach that actually will put him in position to succeed more, more likely, more often. Um, I don't understand why more teams don't go into more of a hurry up kind of style system with your quarterback. Just the whole game when you've got a super young quarterback, make the game easier for him. Spread it out. Force the defense to play more vanilla coverages and it'll make it easier for your quarterback, and you'll be able to move the ball up and down the field. Now, obviously, you have to buy into that completely if you're going to do it. Like You have to plan for it because that means your defense is going to be on the field a little bit more often and stuff like that when they're not successful. But if you're trying to develop the quarterback, which should be the Bears' ultimate goal this season, then why aren't you developing the quarterback? That should be your entire focus. Yeah, you have to get him out of the pocket. We know that he's mobile. Like it doesn't. You don't necessarily have to try read option. He's a talented thrower. No, but you can call some quarterback draws and, and stuff like that. And, and and they were they were kind of getting into it. With, he threw an interception, but like, how often is that shit going to happen? Like that ball just stuck to Cam's face, you know. But uh, I think the most impressive thing to me, as far as Justin Fields go, because uh, you know I've been we we've been raving about him all off season. Like I, I still love that guy, but um, late in the game, I. Uh, within his last four or five passes, he was still averaging like uh, like 15 yards per attempt in through the air. Like he mm-hmm. he were taking shots and like th- that's some aggression that you like to see. This isn't just racking up uh, what a, a 60 percent completion percentage with dinking and dumping. They they were hammering downfield. Like he I mean, throws a smooth ball, man. Yeah, it's a does. beautiful it's a beautiful spiral. It's just a beautiful pass. Coming out of college, the deep ball was the, yeah. his deep ball accuracy was his calling card, and I mean. It's kind of the way the NFL is trying to push it in terms of what they're looking for in young quarterbacks. They want guys that are good at throwing the ball deep down the field to put up those explosive like plays that you get out of Justin Herbert and you get out of Patrick Mahomes. So there's definitely kind of a shift going on away from some of that like little dink and dunk kind of systems with those young quarterbacks. I'd love to see him develop like uh, on field presence of like say like a Mike White, uh, like a downfield ball, like say I don't know a Mike White. Uh, a pocket presence of say, I don't know. I'm trying to think around the league. I'd go Mike White. Um, I, 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 I think Justin Fields has a lot to learn from you know former number one overall pick Mike White, um, who I think it will is a shoe in already for the MVP this year um, and and future NFL Hall of Famer. Future NFL. I mean, I I think I if I'm not mistaken, they've actually already fa- fashioned his jacket, but they they made it bigger because they assume that his biceps will be twice the size by the time he he retires i heard his bust is already being made so yes <laughs> yep and, and in terms of and when you say bust you mean uh pair of titties that his face will go into uh when, when he finally reti- retires yeah no um but yeah he fields is you know he's he's everything i think the the jets hope zach wilson could be and zach, i'm not ruling out zach wilson yet i mean we still got to see another year of him 
But uh, Mike White, I mean, it really does look like he's already the better quarterback there. Well, well, speaking of the Jets, how about Josh Johnson with that performance in relief there? Comes out like, I think he was one of the top performers out of quarterbacks this this week in fantasy. Yeah, it was, Obviously, it was, nobody started him, but... It was, it was monster. Actually, someone did. I don't know if you saw, but the... Uh, uh, JC obviously does everything daily, who I was talking about some of those stats. So the guy who won the Thursday night uh, pick him for 25K, not only did he have Josh Johnson on his roster, he was the captain of his team. <laughs> and that, yeah, and that's that's fact. He, I don't know how you have the balls or what. what I mean, who, who what, did it, what did it cost him? What did it cost him? It's probably like 10 bucks, but, yeah. but still, like, I, who, who even thinks that? Who yeah. even, have the backup quarterback? Well, always rolled with Josh Johnson and Madden Doug <laughs> on a fantasy draft yeah, team. Yeah, all oh, the time. Always. But, but uh, you know, while we're talking about, like, unheralded quarterbacks and highly underrated quarterbacks, Danny Dimes. Like, the dude's fucked me three weeks in a row. That, that Giants team is so bad. <laughs> And like I, he's for me, he's like he's definitely like a dark horse Pro Bowl quarterback. This Are you year. kidding me? He passed for like 118 yards. Danny, <laughs> Danny Dimes was terrible last week. He, he's he's getting it done. Giants keep winning, man. Yeah, but <laughs> Jesus, he Danny no Dimes. It's, it's, it's so weird to bring up Danny Dimes' stats this uh, this week. First of all, he's only had one one game all season where he's had over 300 yards uh, passing. He looked terrible this week. I, I actually like don't fantasy. Well, he only this threw the ball twenty that, times. I, that team is that team is so bad. He's already been sacked twenty times this year. Like that's their team is so awful. And he's hey, they're what three and five. You want to know what he at? didn't do? He didn't turn the ball over. That's what he didn't do. And they're he's winning ball he's, games. He's, there. Ma- he's making he plays where he has to. Threw Sometimes the ball twenty pretty. times for hundred and ten yards, a touchdown, no interceptions. That's what he needs to do. It's when he tries to be crazy man running twenty three miles an hour down the field and gets tackled, fumbles the football, or trips over his own feet. He's his own gaff. But when the guy's staying in the offense. Being under control, they control the clock. The Giants have a very underrated defense, which is stacked on the line, and they've got a good secondary. Um, I, I think that that's one of the reasons why they're winning a lot of these football games. That game was scoring. awful. Yeah, that Danny game Dime, was Dime awful is, to watch. Is, Danny Dimes is so bad, dude. I, it's 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 a weird time to bring up Danny Dimes because last week I watched a lot of that game, um, and it he looked horrible. I'm telling you. I mean, he he fought, he, got, he got the traditional the I'm sorry the obligatory. Danny Dimes fumble. He now averages over a fumble in every game of his career. Now that's an impressive stat. It is very impressive. I mean, there's a lot of Jameis in Danny Dimes, except for without the. Um, I just it, it, he's he's a frustrating guy to watch. But speaking of Danny Dimes, uh, the Raiders lose that game, and the Raiders dumpster fire just continuously gets worse. I mean, we're talking we we shredded. I believe we watched it together, the 2020 NFL draft, and we shredded it live like in person together. Um, this is this is where the 2020 draft stands so far. Henry Ruggs in prison. Um, I need to read up on that. I'm not really sure why. Uh, Damon Arnett cut today. <laughs> now, Damon Arnett, the, the, he's the big story of today. I mean, this guy's brandishing guns, threatening people online. He's reportedly crashed four rental cars already in his NFL career. Four rental cars. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? Um, Lynn Bowden, Traded their third round pick from 2020. Never Brian, played a snap for them. Never played a snap. Uh, Ryan uh, Brian Edwards is actually still playing for them, but he's he, a, he's actually a good player. He, yeah, he 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 actually looks solid. And honestly, for a third rounder, he he's actually going to end up being good. Uh, Tanner Muse cut zero snaps. John Simpson in the fourth round. Tanner Muse with a third rounder. John Simpson in the fourth round back up. Uh, Amik Robertson benched. So only one of these guys is starting. Almost all the other ones are cut or gone or in prison. 
Um, I mean, this is uh, the Raiders, and yet the Raiders are still firmly in play to win, you know, the AFC West with everything that's going on there. Like, they still have a great chance at doing it, especially with how bad the Chiefs are. Like, and then, of course, we didn't even mention John Gruden. Like, what could go, what could, what possibly could more go wrong for the Raiders, and yet they continuously still get it done? Well, the real question is, when is Mike Mike Mayock going to get the can? Because yeah. I mean, this I, is his draft, right? He's, he's the the, uh, the oh, evaluator GM. guru. Yeah. Like, he's the guru. That's what they brought in. And, I mean... It, He's got he's got these high character guys that it, even AB couldn't hang hang there. And we're, like, and we're looking at one draft. Yeah. Like the rest of the moves have not exactly panned out either. The only reason that they're any good is because realistically they did have you know Derek Carr already in place, and he's taken on the brunt of making that team quality. And then some of the other positions that were that were uh, that were already shared up before Mayock was even the head coach or the GM rather. I mean, yeah, I think Derek Carr is probably the biggest biggest thing to point out. He's having a lights-out year. He's been playing extremely well. Uh, John Gruden exiting. The guy has leadership, obviously, in the locker room and a lot of pull around there. Uh, and I think that's been a galvanizing point for the team. Um, even yeah, Derek Carr is awesome, man. How I, much respect have you gained for him this year? I mean, big time, because he's been dogged for a long time anyways. Mm-hmm. And, and I think he caught a lot of flack, too, because of his older brother. And they had very similar starting like starting out to their careers. He was getting sacked left and right with a bad Raiders offensive line, and it was all honing in on, man, is this going to be just like a mirror image of his brother's career, just like complete bust and be out of the league commentating? And he ended up coming through. And that's a tough thing to do with John Gruden, especially a guy who admits to not not liking young quarterbacks, wanting a veteran back there at all times, veteran presence, yada, yada, yada. And he was able to come through and, and pull it off. Imagine not liking young quarterbacks in today's age, which is dominated by young quarterbacks. And, and yet they let him have the little Gruden's uh, pre-draft thing where he's evaluating these young quarterbacks. And every quarterback that walks in the room, he's like, man, I'd really like to have a guy like you. Yeah, <laughs> you, you could never develop a quarterback. He's still never done it. Like, have you, Anybody have any Deuce Gruden updates? What's, 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 <laughs> yeah. what's the pulse on the deuce like what's going on in deuce gruden's world i i, I need to know I, I i does he have a twitter profile or anything i'd like to just get daily images of deuce gruden probably more hgh dude that kid looks like a freaking barrel like i've never seen somebody like that it's insane you he's losing neck by the day <laughs> he's just fading into his his torso but yeah man raiders raiders are a mess but and yet still in 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 place I mean, that whole, that whole division is in play. Like, well, yeah. I mean, honestly, of the seven divisions in the NFL, every single one is really a tight race. Every single one. Well, let's keep it on the AFC West because I do think it's intriguing. I mean, you know, three weeks ago we were talking about the mighty Chargers and their destined ride to the AFC Championship. And these past few weeks, I don't know, man. Absolutely I, awful. Dude, yeah. they they look really bad. They, they can't they stop look, the run. They look, yeah, they, they can't stop the run. Their defense is 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 atrocious i mean it's 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 bottom 10 in the league um their their run defense is is league worse i mean it might be the run worst run defense in the league and i, I don't think that's hyperbole uh their pass defense is is kept up by a few guys obviously but there's been some injuries in the secondary and stuff like asante samuel's been out and all that and so that like hurts and dings them there but why throw the ball when you can just run it Yep, I mean, I still think they're set up long-term for success, but I think what we kind of knew about the Chargers is finally starting to show itself, which is that their overall roster is not that great. They have Justin Herbert, obviously. They have some really solid weapons on offense, but their protection is not that great on offense. Um, their defensive line is, is I mean, besides Bosa, it's it's really, like, their 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 front seven is, is, is weak as fuck. It's so bad. 
Um, and yeah, they, they just look leaky and I just, I don't believe in this team at all. I don't honestly <laughs> look at all these teams, four teams at five wins. Um, I don't believe in any of them. <laughs> and, and I think the team I might believe in least weirdly enough after the Broncos thrashing of the Cowboys is the chiefs. I think the chiefs might be the worst of the bunch, but I have the most faith in the chiefs figuring it out because for sure. They have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid's been but there how, before. How many weeks have, been, have you been thinking in your head? Oh, chiefs, chiefs got to get it, get together. Come on. Chiefs got to get it together, man. They are not getting it together. I still don't understand the reticence to, to continue to do what has been successful for years, which is throw the ball to Travis Kelsey. I don't, I don't get yes. it. Like his, his production has fallen off mostly because they just haven't been throwing in the ball. Now he's starting to have some issues of his own where he's dropping some balls and fumbling some here and there. But like, he had like almost no red zone targets going into I think uh, Sunday's game. There he shaved so the fuckboy like, beard. I think that's what maybe what maybe that's what mind. it is. But he but he started off the season just fine. He had two or three weeks like right out the gate that were good, and then all of a sudden just like whatever for whatever reason they got away from throwing in the ball. Come yeah. on, we all know really what's going on here, and it all has to do and point at Patrick Mahomes, and obviously something not right in his head. When he's running around back there, there's times where Kelsey is wide open. Tyree Kill is wide open. All these guys are, and he's not throwing in the football. He's running scared in the pocket. I don't know if he doesn't trust the O-line or what the deal is. Leading the league in interceptions right now, if I think at 14, if I'm right by that, I don't know if somebody can stat check me, but it's wild to see him turn over the ball. And seeing what's going on with his family off the field, his mom, his wife, his brother, all of them drawing negative attention, I think it's all weighing down on him, definitely, and it's causing issues on the field. Maybe, which I'm sure no one talks about, maybe Eric Bieniemy is just not that good. Like We, we know that the offensive line, we know, we've, we've known that they're going to have struggles on the offensive line. And yeah, Mahomes is definitely going to be a little jittery in there. I see with Pitt in Pittsburgh with Ben, he struggles. He you know he struggles when you're getting hit all the time. Like it's always going to be in the back of your head. But guess what? When you're the offensive coordinator, you got to figure it out. Like he, he, whatever he has to communicate to his all-world quarterback, he needs to get it done because it's nothing's been done good well there. That team is so underperforming I on think, the offensive side. I think the spackle that they threw on their offensive line in the offseason just isn't working out. Um, you know, they, they go out and get the first rounder in CEH, and even when he's healthy, that guy's not the guy. They have nobody to back him up. Like, I don't know. The Chiefs' moves have just been bizarre. Like, I don't I don't get really get what they're doing. Um, and they, they, they've had several options. Like, you're, you're telling me that, like, Adrian Peterson could have helped that team? I'm, I'm, I'm certain that he could have. I, I just don't understand. Like, it seems like they're not trying enough, and, and the usage with Josh Gordon... I'm keeping him on my keeper team week after week just because he's getting the snaps, but they're not passing him the ball. Like, come on, Josh Gordon's still in his fucking prime. Yeah. Like, if it, dude, if you need a spark, look to a guy like Josh Gordon and just try and get him involved. I mean, you took the words out of my mouth with Josh Gordon. It's like, what's the point of signing the guy if you're not going to make these maneuvers? Try to get him the ball, make some packages there. He's the guy who's supposed to be helping you stretch the field and give you some size for Patrick Mahomes to throw the ball up because all they have is small burners. All these wide receivers are short. They don't have a big target. That's why Kelsey always got so much love because he was the only big target out there on the field for Mahomes to hit. So I'm confused why they're not 
not using utilizing him. The running back situation is weird. Darrell Williams or Darrell Williams, he does a great job for them, and they still are trying to move away from him with this other guy, Gore. I don't know where this guy comes from out of nowhere. It's an odd offense and what they're trying to do. And, and again, it might be the enemy. I mean, that's a good point, Marcus, to bring up. But it's certainly not the Chiefs that we're used to seeing, and I'm not counting on them to turn it around, especially if that defense continues the way they are. But the has been there for years, so I, I, I have a trouble – I have trouble uh, just laying it on Bienemy because, I mean, the guy's been there for years. I truly believe that they just tried to make some fixes in the offset off season. And let's also face it, like this is this this is Super Bowl curses are real, man. Oh yeah, they got they they got bitch slapped in that Super Bowl. I mean, they 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 got they got basically told, you think you're the Chiefs? You 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 come in here all high and mighty, thinking you're going to win in Tampa, and they did. They came in expecting to win, uh, but ever since fucking uh, Andy Breed's shithead of a son. Did that bullshit uh, with the, with the drunk driving thing where he permanently damaged that that one little girl? Like that team has not been the same, and it's almost like they're cursed since then. Ever since that moment, that team has not been the same. Yeah, definitely a struggle. That's for damn sure. <laughs> they they probably have the uh, second most drama right behind the Raiders. I'll keep it all in the AFC West. Uh, just keep it all. Keep every all that bullshit out there. But like for for me, when I'm talking about the enemy, it's not. I'm I'm not saying he's bad at what he does. Obviously, they put up great numbers, but like. When your offensive line's struggling and you have you have these guys that aren't t- getting targeted, whatever they're doing right now isn't working. So you have to make the adjustments. Like you, if you if you're running the same exact offense that you were two years ago when your offensive line was two three times as better as good as they are now, um, and and they've played together. Okay, you have you have some uh, you know they have a, they're glue they're solid together, but they, they have to make some adjustments, even if it's chipping with the running back. Like bring in a second tight end. You, something needs to change over there. Because Patrick Mahomes need he needs to get his swagger back. He needs to be comfortable in there uh, for them to have any any chance. Because that defense they still not good. They had one fair game, but they're not really they're horrible. Better. Well, the defense a, is so bad. A, a lot of that starts with the run game, though. If they're going to play two high safeties, they have to be able to run the football. And the way to help with that is attacking off tackle, especially for pass rushers. That's why I think the Chargers struggle so much. They don't have a big interior presence. And then you got Joey Bosa who. What's he trying to do? I get paid to sack the quarterback. He's coming off the edge so hard. It opens up big lanes for running backs to be able to get big chunks of yardage. And I think with the respect that the defense shows Patrick Mahomes, and they all still do, you see that with the two high safeties making sure Tyreek Hill doesn't get behind them. You have to establish that run. And, again, maybe that was signing Adrian Peterson or going out and getting Le'Veon Bell, or, well, obviously not him, (laughs) but one of the free agent running backs that could help that attack happen and maybe open it up for Patrick Mahomes where he's not having the defensive ends pin their ears back and come after him full throttle. And that's the thing that, like, from their moves in the offseason, what they did is they went out, they traded for Orlando Brown, they they, uh, signed Joe Thune. Who the Ravens didn't really like, by the way. And they, they signed Long, and, too, and, but he got injured. Yeah, and they also drafted Creed Humphrey, who's actually been pretty good, the center out of Oklahoma. But those guys, what they're going to be good at at this point in their careers, I mean, Orlando Brown has graded out as a good run blocker his entire career. Pass blocker, not quite as much. There's no reason that this team shouldn't be trying to run the ball more in more of a downhill system. But, I mean, maybe they have to line up under you know under center instead of always being in shotgun so that their running backs actually can go downhill uh, in this running game. And they, they, do, they, they definitely need to make an adjustment here. Maybe think outside the box, Andy Reid, you know, Really shake it up, like like go, go completely out of your comfort zone. I don't know. Maybe call up teams like let's say Minnesota. Uh, get, get get a guy, a dependable guy on the phone, like Kirk Cousins, 
who kind of reminds me a little bit of Alex Smith in a lot of ways, you know, check down passes, get the safe check down passes, and maybe throw a guy into the pot for the deal. Like, I don't know, let's say Patrick Mahomes. So we do a one-for-one deal for Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and we make, you know, maybe some Vikings fan who's ready to give up on his team, maybe the guy who's talking right now's dreams. Uh, <laughs> but it, it is crazy, you know, with, with all this, I still can't blame Patrick Mahomes. He, he's trying to do too much, I think, on a bad team. Um, and he needs to settle down, and I, th- I think he will find his spot. But it's amazing that it's taken, we're, we're in the 10th week now, and Patrick Mahomes has only been Patrick Mahomes like three times this year. Does it not give you kind of like more appreciation for like how good Aaron Rodgers has been through his career? He's still under 90 interceptions, I believe, like high 80s in his entire career. Uh, Patrick Mahomes with four, he said 14. He's in double digits this year, and he'll, he'll be there before he's before he's a third of the way done with his career. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is having uh, an aberration of a year for for if, if you look at his interception to touchdown ratio for his entire career. I mean. He's always been pretty careful with the football and just has a ratio to the touchdowns that he throws. Well, yeah, I mean, aberration or not, I'm just talking about the appreciation for Aaron Rodgers. Like, to, oh, yeah. to, to like be that consistent for that long, it's it's actually it's, it's beyond impressive. It is. And, yeah, Patrick Mahomes, I mean, 10 interceptions already. The worst he's ever done was his MVP season, ironically enough, with 12. But the pr- previous se- two seasons, six and five interceptions. I mean, the guy's just been playing out of his skull. He was down to come back to earth, but... Um, I just, I didn't think it was going to come like this and, you know, fuck Jackson Mahomes. If, if, if you're a Chiefs fan, I think, I think, it, I think the blame is pretty obvious. Yeah. Get his ass off the field that whatever that little special field pass thing that he has at every stadium, Patrick Mahomes has got yeah. that pull cut that shit after the thing that happened with Sean Taylor, get his ass off the field. If his wife wants to be down there, great, whatever. Get his fucking little brother off the field. Somebody tweeted, can somebody please tell Patrick Mahomes he doesn't have to talk to his shithead brother? Dude, <laughs> There's I think no obligation. He might pull an Aaron Rodgers and stop talking to them. I should, yeah, I, I've seen people suggest that he needs to pull an Aaron Rodgers and just disown his family. Honestly, the smartest I, thing he ever done. I kind of hope he does something stupid on the field and someone James Harrison's him and just like suplexes him, slams him on the ground. Actually, you know what he needs to do? He needs to mix, do a mix between Aaron Rodgers and and what Russell Wilson did. Go get you a Sierra, and don't talk to these yep. other motherfuckers ever again. I've been okay? saying that for years. Do a little years. mix in there. I've like, been saying that for years. Patrick, Patrick Mahomes' his wife. But, you know, we're not going to go too far down that road. But <laughs> some other news this week. Um, Rough. Aaron Rodgers basically conceded today uh, in just kind of admitting that he did mislead people because no matter what, we won't get into our opinions about the whole vaccine thing or anything like that, but no matter what you you think about the situation, if you don't believe that he did intentionally mislead people, you're a fool because the guy is intentionally using different words. I've been immunized. Get the fuck out of here, dude. The whole team thought he he was vaccinated. Um, The guy, no matter what you think about the vaccine debate, the guy lied. He he lied, and and if he didn't lie, he at the very least misled. Uh, He's getting attacked from all sides. I really don't see many sides that are defending him, especially in the football realm. Um, my question is, what comes of this? Because things are things are developing fast with this, and he said today he might play this week. Um, I, I, what are the chances that the NFL does something about this? Well, well so here's the thing. With the COVID test, as, an, as a non-vaxxed player, he's out at least a minimum of... I think nine days or something, right? So that would take him through Saturday. 
that's assuming he passes all of the COVID, the COVID protocols leading up to that. So at that nine-day period, he has to show no symptoms, still pass multiple tests with 24 hours apart, um, leading into being cleared to be able to play on Sunday. What happens if he's not able to play Sunday? They have to roll Jordan Love out there again, lose another game. Now you're chasing, you know, instead of being in the lead, which they were, they were one of the only teams with a one loss, and they had a tiebreaker over the Cardinals in the NFC. Now they're going to have three. He's because so bad. Jordan Love's so bad. He's he looked, horrible. He looked awful He's a Sunday. terrible player. The, the only thing I'm actually thankful for in that game is, and by the way, Green Bay is the hottest team against the spread. They are. They won their last eight in a row against the spread. Backdoor cover puts Dubich at 0-5. We're going to roast him on Ouch. Sunday. <laughs> uh, honestly, I, I, we're going to have a long pod Sunday morning, and the first like seven minutes is going to be Dubich going so the Packers backdoor covered in yeah, that game. Yeah, nice. seven, it was seven and a half. And the Chiefs are awful at covering too. So yeah, they're They've second been worst for years. But yeah. what you, back to what you were saying, what what's going to come of this? What is the NFL going to do? I mean, I don't think that they're going to do I, anything as far as from, repercussions. From what I've heard, they're, the only expectation is that they're going to find. They're going to find him for the, sure. They're going to find the Packers, and they're going to find him. The fine is, from my understanding, going to come from the interviewing process or the media process where he wasn't wearing a mask during those interviews. Yeah. Prior to that, the NFL did know that he was an unvaccinated player because he, he actually applied for specialized status for this homeopathic thing that he did. He was trying to actually get vaccination status and submitted this. He talked about this in the Pat McAfee interview. He's a fucking idiot to think 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 that that would work. It's crazy. But point being is the NFL did know he was an unvaccinated player. He has been taking testing every single day like you're supposed to. He's had to do that whole entire process. It's kind of weird that they haven't fined him for this. But he hasn't been following protocols. Some of the protocols he has. Every protocol but being into the media room with the mask. So he admitted that as well during the uh, interview with Pat McAfee. He said straight up, I don't see how if I just got tested this morning, I tested negative, everybody in that room is vaccinated, yada, 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 that I should not have to wear the mask in there. And he didn't, and that's going to be where he gets that fine from. But yeah. everything else of that protocol was followed. So do you know for a fact that they've been putting the unvaccinated players on a separate plane because they're not supposed to travel with the rest of the team? They're supposed to be on a separate plane for traveling. That's part, that's one of the protocols. That, that so I don't I, can't I don't answer. I don't know I don't know but either as, way. Yeah, Cole but Beasley that would be where Lamar Jackson or any of them. Right, that, that would be where the NFL could levy fines against the the team too. Well, that's if where they're I'd be not following if, that protocol. I would be curious to see if I if Lamar Jackson and them as well are doing that because he's Absolute, unvaccinated. Absolutely. Cole Beasley's I would, unvaccinated. I'd find the, I'd find the NFL back because they they've seen him do his interviews and if they haven't sent him a fine now now because everything has got overblown now we want to mm-hmm. jump on it. Which, yeah, you got to hold him accountable, right? I mean, and if they're not holding See, him accountable, is, well, the, the, the other one now, that the, is a good point. The, the other the other item of protocol that they may have uh, not followed was they apparently had some kind of party, a uh, Halloween party, yeah. and you, as an unvaccinated player, you're not supposed to hang out with more than three of your teammates in any one setting. Well, and so uh, did the if Broncos you are, as well. If you are, if you are if you are not vaccinated, Von right. Miller had a hundred thousand dollar Halloween sure, we party. Don't know, we don't Quavo know. We don't know. We don't know who was who was unvaccinated at that party. If there was any players for the Broncos, so we're going to stick to the Aaron Rodgers part of it. They were at a party. Uh, I would assume that a party is probably going to involve more than three unvaccinated p- players or whatever, um, or more than three teammates. Actually, it's not just unvaccinated players. Listen, so I don't care about any of this other stuff. What I care about is that he was he was openly. And obviously disingenuous about it. He 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 misrepresented himself, and it's in every way. 
he, he, he used purposeful language that he definitely wrote ahead of time, which I think goes into, and you guys know me, I, I fucking love Aaron Rodgers. I, I talk about him all the time. I, I, I think he's, I've always liked him as a person, but he's showing some serious flaws in his uh, personal just fortitude this year that are, I can't, I can't avoid. And one of them is that he very obviously misrepresented himself this year. I mean, immunized, this guy wrote all this shit down Stuff that a sociopath does. It, it, it's bizarre. And, and instead of, like, Kirk Cousins, he came out and he said, listen, I don't believe in it. You know, I, I'm not going to get vaccinated. I'm going to do everything I can not, not, to, not to put my team in danger. I'm going to do everything I can to follow NFL protocols. And he got dragged for it. You know why, why Aaron Rodgers didn't do that? Because he knew he was going to get dragged for it, and he's too much of a pussy to own up to it. So but I see guys like Cole Beasley, and I see guys like Kirk Cousins, and while I don't agree with their decisions – I do respect the fact that they were at least honest about it. And the fact that Rodgers wasn't honest about it, it's Bush League, dude. It's bullshit. And, yeah. and, and the players that are coming out that have played with them in the past were kind of saying, like, listen, I, I, uh, I kind of saw this coming, and, and the guy really isn't genuine. Like, this is a huge uh, chunk out of Aaron Rodgers' reputation. It's, it's big. It's big time, especially for a guy that's on the majority of commercials that you see on NFL Sundays. Like he's he's not going to recover from this in the way that he thinks he will. He's, I mean, he's already lost some uh, some level of sponsorship and endorsement deals in this. He Which hasn't is lost, why he apologized. He hasn't definitely. lost State Farm, but he's lost some of them. So, uh, and State Farm said they're going to stick with him. So, you know, like they say, serial killers kind of go back to like the crime scene, and they like kind of get off maybe not like sexually but like they get off like not, watching not just serial happen. killers any murderer often revisits got, the crime got, scene got but yes do, do you think like aaron Rodgers kind of like watches his like post-game interviews and is like yeah i'm not vaxxed look at me without a mask you think he does that kind of shit look at me he's pulling drinking? this shit nobody yeah. knows and no one fucking knows like i'm that much of a badass i'm hosting jeopardy and i'm not vaccinated and, and i'm gonna drink my gin do you think he does that shit it's possible it's possible Man, i wouldn't to, put it past just him. to be a fly on the wall He's a, he's a weird mother. He's a weird motherfucker, and I I have respected. I've had the utmost respect for Aaron Rodgers and everything he's done up to this point. But uh, this one is just a little weird. But let's move past it. Uh, Frank Gore, one of my favorite news stories of the week. Frank Gore is, is set to fight Deron Williams. Um, it's going to be an undercard card for the uh, Jake Paul fight that's coming up in Amelie, which I'm so bummed. It's actually my it's it's my um it's my birthday week, and I'm really really bummed. Because I already have an, a jam-packed week. There's no way I'm going to make this fight. But I really, really wish I could. Because this sounds really, really fun to watch Frank Gore fight for the first time. Like, have you seen Frank Gore? He's a fucking monster. To watch dude. Frank Gore tank. knock Darren Williams I'd love the fuck to see out. that. Oh, my God. Durant, doesn't Darren Williams come, come off as kind of a bitch to you? Um, yeah. That yeah. whole end of his NBA career, Horrible. he was getting put on like superstar teams to be that guy to come off the bench and do well. And he just crumbled. The dude just fell off the map. An embarrassing end to his Un career. Dude, it was insane. The guy was out of shape, sloppy. And then to see, I don't know what he looks like right now, if he's been training or whatever, but I know Frank Gore was just playing in the NFL. That oh, you know Gore's going to come in such good oh, shape. Dude, he's going to knock this motherfucker out. Who's, a, who's a, a bigger bitch, Jerron Williams or Markeith Morris? Oh, Markeith Moore after freaking, are you kidding what me? What a bitch-ass oh move last God, night. But, but anyways, uh, but real quick on this fight. So obviously, Deron Williams has like the size advantage, but he comes from Parkersburg, West Virginia. I know Parkersburg. You know where Frank Gore comes from? Right, he's a Miami boy. Oh, yeah. Miami, uh, baby. Where all is, the athletes come from. He They better put some safeguards in because he is, he, 
They could they throw hands down there. One he will, time he's, for he's the three hundred five. If you like a wide receiver in the NFL, odds are he's from the three hundred five. Yeah, <laughs> straight up. He probably he probably lived right down the street from Antonio Brown, Teddy Bridgewater, Lamar um, Jackson, Lamar Jackson, and every fucking guy that grew up in the set, so, South Florida. Cook. That's where everyone's trying to recruit from. Uh, it's it's wild down there. Everybody is a great athlete. And if we if we have this exact pod in like ten or fifteen years, you're gonna say if uh. You like a receiver? There's chances are he's not only is he from Miami, but he played at IMG Academy. He transferred up there at some point. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. All right. To cap off the news, uh, OBJ obviously is in the news. Uh, he he did clear waivers today, so he's officially a free agent. Um, his top destination, according to OBJ, is the Packers. Um, there are a number a number of other teams, but here's here's my take on the OBJ thing. Who fucking cares? I don't like any of the shit that, that went on with, with, with this departure from the Browns. I think Baker Mayfield, if you look at, at his uh, teammates, everyone loves this guy. And yeah, you know what? He's not he's not the guy. He's not the number one overall pick. He should have been. But he's a really nice guy. And for his dad to throw him under the bus like this, and then OBJ basically not defend him at all, and then continuously stoke the fire... I used to love OBJ. I'm officially out on this fucker. I, I, I hate him, and I and I think that I, I kind of just, I used to root for him, and now I just think he's a fucking cancer that's always been there and has just kind of been festering on every team he's ever been on. Sh- shades of Lamar Ball uh, with the yeah, dad move. for right sure. Uh, Great um, comparison. I think that put him in a tough spot for sure. I mean, I doubt that the dad ran it by him that he was going to go put this video out, and I think at that point, too, he wasn't going to go trash his dad in public either. It, it was not? a tough position. I, I mean, dude, you, you just don't know who the guy is, you know, where his head lies. If Hey, family over everything. I'm not going to embarrass my father or something along those lines I don't know I don't want to be trying to project his thought process he definitely was a cancer in my mind in New York absolutely he got too big for forced his, his way out he got too big for his britches with what was going on instant fame this guy was the number one hottest wide receiver at what 22 23 years old and it definitely got to him and then we did see a different side of him in Cleveland trying to be the team guy going in there. The guy gets injured, tearing his ACL, making a tackle on a Baker Mayfield interception. So let's not act like OBJ was some cancerous mess in Cleveland and just was running amok in the locker room because he wasn't. And it was reaching a point where him and Baker Mayfield, they weren't ever going to be on the same page. Whether it was on a football field or personal level, you could tell they just were never going to click. I think it's best for all parties. I'm happy for OBJ. I'm happy for Baker. It shows him with a huge win, stomping the freaking Bengals in the division, which was in Insane. Could you not agree, though, that if you're being directly a tr- contradiction to your to your quarterback, that you are, in fact, uh, a cancer to your locker room? And, and lo and behold, he leaves, and the Browns spank the Bengals, absolutely spank them, and get right back on track with their season. Uh, Peoples-Jones has the, best, has the best game that OBJ has had all year. I mean, I'm just saying, like, Baker Mayfield, I, I agree that Baker Mayfield is not a great quarterback, but to go out and be so public about it, it's fucked up. Like, take oh, that shit behind closed doors. Definitely yeah, the, dick the, move. There's a, there's a time and a place for, like, all of that. And um, I was pretty vocal through my, through my keyboard, obviously, about uh, how I'd, he really has been a cancer. <laughs> keyboard. Like, but, like, uh, OBJ's, like, he had a good couple years, but, like, he had the catch. But guess what? When you when you start getting close to, like, that pinnacle, this is where you kind of turned it on. Like, all eyes are on you. Like, you can't be so dramatic on the sideline. Like, like most of his stories in the last five years – have nothing to do with his production on the football field. 
Like, he, he really hasn't been consistent. And, you know, whatever's going on off the field, he hasn't produced to that. And he's he, he's going to get his whole contract for this year. I think he's going to make another $8 million. So He didn't just have the catch. I will say this. All right, so Justin Jefferson just became the second fastest player in NFL history to hit 2,000 receiving yards. Shout out to Justin Jefferson, LSU Stop product. Bowling. LSU does nothing but produce ridiculous wide receivers on the field. OBJ. OBJ. Well, yeah, that's, that, that's what I was alluding to. <laughs> OBJ, also LSU product, number one fastest player to ever hit 2,000 receiving yards. And guess who's coming up now? Jamar Chase, who could easily oh, usurp probably insane. Justin Jefferson. And, I mean, Definitely they're insane. But uh, OBJ had an insane run his first two seasons. I mean, it wasn't just a catch. The guy was lights out his first couple of years. I think injuries ultimately are getting to the best of them. Yeah, for, for me, I'd imagine injuries for sure. Uh, but I think money and fame, everyone like we we're not in that position, obviously, where we're getting that kind of attention. It, it changes people, obviously. But after like after that, when he got extended during that rookie contract, he hasn't done anything in five years. So and. I mean, shit, still to this day, we're all anticipating and thinking that. Well, he we, was we, passing out hundreds at the LSU National Championship. Yeah, that's the best thing he's done in the last Well, and spanking security guards on the ass. Uh, see, uh, all of his stories are not football producing, production related. It's just we're all anticipating it because he was that good early on. Yeah. But well, he hasn't. Well, that was 20, what, 2015 was the last yep, time. It's we been heard a long anything. time. The, the real question is, what does he actually want to do in the NFL? Do you want to be a superstar that is getting a lot of volume and getting your catches and stuff? Or do you want to play on a winning football team? Because there's a difference in terms of what is required out of you for both of those, right? So one of the issues that I've heard going on with him is one, he's kind of, he was freelancing some when he's out on the football field, which that's not a good strategy if you want. And then if you're playing in, in New York for the Giants that he forced his way out of, he was the superstar there, right? He's going to get a lot of volume there. You go to a team like the, um, the Browns, they want to run the ball, right? So that reduces the amount of volume that you're going to have. Well, see, he, well it could have been Danny Jones that made him want to get out of there as well. But Maybe it, he didn't but, like no, no, it. Was, it was still Eli era. It was era. still Eli era. Oh, was yeah. it? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I thought Danny had slid in that, that last no. year. Yeah, I think, I think Danny played it, last half of Danny Dimes' his rookie year. I think that was when OBJ left. So okay. yeah, yeah so, I, don't, I don't know exactly. So, so, but. so nonetheless, every quarterback's been the problem, and he's forced his way out of two teams. I, I just hate that we we have to like baby everybody all the time. Yeah, like dude, get, get your shit let, done or don't. Shit, we've let, had the baby let, wide receivers forever let, in yeah. the NFL. It doesn't D, matter who D, it's wide been. receivers, right? It's been Chris Carter. It's been Randy Moss. It's been I mean, come on, the list goes on. Terrell Owens. The list goes on and, and, and on and, and on. And, and the on. list list is going to keep going. Michael Thomas. Uh, uh, Calvin Ridley, we're ever we're gonna have to just be sympathetic to everybody, but like I just I don't I don't know. There's there's a time and a anyway, place for everything. What, what, get, so get, so listen to some of these other field. teams that are that are suspect uh, perspective uh, landing spots for him. Um, besides the Packers, which I mean, if we're talking about winning and and getting volume, that's not a good spot for it. Um, because you already have Devontae Adams. Then you got the Ravens, who that's not a high volume passing team. He would be the best wide receiver there theoretically, but like. You're not going to take a ton of carry targets away from Marquise Brown and Rashad Bateman's just working his way in there, right? Then you've got the Chiefs. It's like, all right, well, you've got Tyreek Hill. You've got Travis Kelsey getting a lot of the targets there. Um, the Patriots. Now, I could see the Patriots, him actually getting enough volume there as a number one wide receiver to, to do both of win and succeed. Um I don't think there's no way he's going to the Patriots but just just because he's he's not going to get so, – I mean, Mac Jones is not good enough to get him the ball well, enough. Well, there were some rumors about um, – 
uh, Belichick and liking OBJ and wanting to trade for him in the past. So that's that's one of the reasons why I think that that may kind of work a little bit. And then the Saints is another team, which obviously going back to Louisiana, et cetera. But I don't think the Saints quarterback situation is is, good, is a recipe for success if he wants to actually get a lot of vo- volume at the target in the passing game. You Later. mean Trevor Simeon, Taysom Hill aren't going to give OBJ what he wants? Come oh, on, Tre- Trevor Hill or Tays- or Trevor Simeon is so ridiculously bad. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, we saw enough of him with the Broncos. Okay, like I, I mean, he came in, got a lucky game against the Bucks. He's a fine backup. He's a fine backup. Fine backup, exactly. Come in for a game and then get stomped the next week. It was so horrible last week. But anyways, guys, uh, we, we, are getting, we are getting later into the podcast, so let's go ahead and launch into our Games of the Week. It's the NFL Games of the Week. So not a lot of great ones this week, but some really, really good ones. Um... I, I'm, I'm looking at this slate, and overall, I see kind of a shitty, uh, you know, just kind of kind of lineup. I don't know. Like, there, there isn't a lot that I really like. Uh, from a betting perspective, though, there's some things that I'm intrigued by at the very least. Um, and I do got to say, this last week nine, one of the most interesting things, and we talked about it, is week nine of the NFL season might be the worst fantasy week I can ever remember ever and and like ever I mean there there were teams in my league and obviously scoring is so there's so many variables to it but I I I saw at least seven teams in my league that finished with under 100 points and it was just a bizarre week in terms of scoring and everything like that and I I could almost see that transitioning into this week because a lot of these games if you look at them a lot of defensive teams, especially at the top, at the top of the, the top of the level. I mean, I definitely like Cleveland uh, at New England for sure. I mean, that, that's a game for me where you're talking about plus one and a half points. I mean, I, I think Cleveland can come in and and run through that New England defense. Mac Jones, to me, obviously still young. He's showing some good flashes and being accurate, but I think a lot of that's Josh McDaniels' offense. Uh, I like the Browns to be able to cover with plus points. Uh, well, yeah. So what, what? What's let's let's level set. Let's start it off with the Cleveland Browns at New England. New England is favored with one and a half points. Um, and like, dude. Say what you want about New England. They have come into their own. They're officially one game out from, from leading that division. I mean, the Patriots look like they're back on track. It's it's It looks... They're crazy, man. Their, their defense is fucking good. What do the Patriots do? They they get better at the end of the season. They always do it, right? That's, this is a classic Bill Belichick season, and they're, they're really starting to come into their own, and it's scary, and, and I do wonder... You know, I, I think the 49ers fucked up big time by not drafting Mac Jones because although you... You've never looked at Mac Jones in any single game and said, man, this guy's electric. This guy's really, really good. I have looked at Mac, Mac Jones many, many times and said, this is an NFL quarterback. And I've never once said that about Trey Lance. Never. 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 No, and I, he I, terrible. It's going to be hard. It's going to be a long time before I, I get them like, yeah, this is the guy. I, yep. I hated him since the pre-draft. Um, but can I be honest with you? If there's only no, one. No, I'd rather you lie. <laughs> If, if there's only one headline I, w- I was to read on Monday morning, let's just say I didn't watch football on Sunday, which we know that's all I'm doing. I would love to like wake up Monday morning where it's the headlines like Bills are the first team to lose back to back games as double digit favorites. They got the they, they're two <laughs> touchdown favorites against the Jets, but like 
bring give me a little mic. Let's do a little Mike White and uh, Josh Johnson, a little hybrid action. Like I, I the I'm Jets kinda, on a long week, right? I'm, they I'm, played Thursday, so they had some extra time to rest. I'm I'm kind of rooting for it, just just for the headline. I, I don't have a dog in that race, but it would just be kind of like fun as fuck to read. I mean, who well, do you roll with at a quarterback, Mike White or Josh Johnson? Who starts? Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I think I think I, I saw that the Saints they, style. They, they indicated that um, they expect Mike Mike White to start if um, if he's healthy in that game. But anyway, I mean, in breaking down that game, the Bills have had some issues with you know, obviously their defense kept it kept them in the game last week against the Jags, but that offense was not scoring points like it normally does. The Jets have seen them before. Uh, they're obviously in the same division. They've had extra time to prepare, and I mean, they're. So the Jets secondary is not great, but like the, they're difficult to run the ball on. And now you lose potentially Zach Moss is going to be out for this game. So Devin Singletary might be toting the rock. And it's like, if I'm the Jets, I can easily just, you know, drop six, drop seven, whatever. And, and why are we talking about the Jets game right now? I, I don't I, understand. I mean, like, you guys, you guys brought up the bills. So I was just I, like, I just want to, I just want to talk about the headline. Okay. All right. Well, we're talking about the Browns, New England game. New England is favored by one and a half. Um, the, the, this game really, I, to me, this is two teams that look at each other, and they're very similar teams. Scrappy. They don't have elite quarterbacks, uh, but they can put up points, and their team is a very, like, bust-them-in-the-mouth type uh, physical defense. Um, I th- This game is really tough for me from, from, from a betting perspective. I don't even know... I don't even know where I'm going with this thing. It's tough as fuck. See, I'm off on that. I, I think it's an easy call with the Browns on my really? on my level. Oh yeah, but so you like the dog? I, I like the dog. I think it's actually. I I can't believe they are the dog uh, with the way their ground attack is right now. Uh, the obviously the bounce back after OG, OBJ leaves. I think that Miles Garrett coming off the edge and the other front guys there with Mac Jones put pressure on a rookie who starts to really feel it. He won't have that time back there, and I think he'll struggle against a Browns team who's going to control. The clock. He's not going to have the ball much. That Patriots defense, I think, is going to be on the field for a long time as the Browns eat up a lot of that clock. And, and I like the Browns. You give me plus points there. They're, they're showing to be the AFC North king right now. They're, they're mean, knocking everybody off and showing that they're the team to be dealt with. You might, you might as well go money line in that one and a half points. There's, so, no, there's no reason to take that point and a half. Yeah. So for me, truthfully, Miles um, Garrett's going to pull a Chase Young and not get a sack. Um, New England will definitely scheme on that. For me, what about Clowney on the other side? I he's more of he's still more of like a run stopper, man. But for me, I can't touch this game until I know what the the backfield situation is going to be in Cleveland. That's fair. So for me, and, and it's not even just Chubb. Like if if Kareem Hunt comes back, then I then I think I can t- lean the Browns. But right now, with both of them not playing as of right now, I'd have to go to New England. That's just the biggest question mark for me in that game. D. Ernest Johnson, baby, USF, Tampa podcast, Tampa boy, running it up, dude. He's no slouch. I said it before when he came and filled the role. The dude, you can hand him the rock as well. And that offensive line that Cleveland has, they steamroll people. Uh, you know, we were talking about the Patriots bouncing back this year and, and being something that. Hey, they're getting better at the end of the season. Yeah, well, Bill Belichick spent like 70, like some crazy amount of millions of dollars in the free agency pool. It's no question why they're bouncing back. They have all their players back on defense. Nobody opted out from COVID. They're all back now, plus the free agencies that they added. The defense is what's driving with some good play calling by Josh McDaniels with a coaching staff that's been together for freaking decades, man. It's no question. And that's why Mac Jones is probably one of the most successful rookie quarterbacks that we're seeing. 
shooting. You put Justin Fields in that position, I think Justin Fields is balling just as well. Uh, it's, it's something that the Patriots do, and, and it's favored everybody. Jimmy Garoppolo, Matt Castle. I mean, the list goes on and on and on for guys who aren't really excellent elite guys, but the Patriots make them look that way. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm with you. Um, I'm 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 rolling with I'm rolling or I'm with Marcus. I should say I'm rolling with the Pats here. Um, I actually think the Pats are going to steamroll them, and it's just a weird feeling that I have. Uh, it's a home game. Uh, Baker Mayfield is feeling a little bit too good about that win last week. And what do we know about Baker Mayfield? The mo- the the more overconfident that guy gets, the more the the more. When you puff into the Browns sales, the worse they do. It seems to always happen. Like the second that you think, okay, the Browns just got rid of OBJ, they're back on track. I'm telling you, now 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 they're due for a just to shit the bed. <laughs> um and it's it's been happening so frequently. This this roster for the Browns has been so good for so many years. How many years have they disappointed? Just last year, they finally manifested themselves into this good team that came into the playoffs and almost beat the Chiefs. But I think they're always going to be that almost team. And I do think, I honestly think New England's going to steamroll them here. I really do. They've been insanely good the last, like, four or five weeks. They're rolling, man. The, the New England is absolutely rolling. They've won three in a row. So they, they go from two and four. Everyone's counting them out. Everyone's saying, oh, the Bilicek-Brady, uh, you know, debate is settled. And all of a sudden the Patriots roll back and they're beating decent teams. Like they're, 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 they're having some really good wins. And weirdly enough, this is the weirdest part about the Patriots whole season. They're one and four at home, one and four at home, four and zero on the road. They haven't lost a single home game or away game. That's really bizarre. And I know this is a home game, but I can't believe that the, the, Foxborough magic is just all of a sudden gone. Like, guys, we're getting into cold weather. Let's see Mac Jones. I know he's a Florida product, but Brady was a you know California product. It's not like he was he was born and born in like cold weather or yeah, anything yeah. like that. Like the, Mac Jones is a guy who I, I just think he, I, I love what Mac Jones brings to the table. I, I think, think it's I think all the Patriots fans out there with the Brady Bucks Patriots jerseys that are still in the stands. You watch a Patriots game, there's people still rocking them out there. It's just it, having a bad mojo effect yeah. on them at home. Derek has the best one. Though. They're all secret. <laughs> yes, they're all yes. secretly Bucks fans, man. They don't want to admit it. All those Pats fans now are Bucks fans, right? I like the Browns here, and the reason why is because I think that the Patriots haven't really faced a good defense in a while, and I think that this is going to be the first shot at a good defense in a long time. And you've got you still got a rookie quarterback back there, so Max going to make some make some mistakes, and I think that winds up costing them here then at the end. Sure, fair enough. Yeah, and that that I mean that Browns defense. I'm not taking anything away from them. I just think with Chubb out potentially with COVID, and it it looks. Pretty good that he might not play. Um, I mean, if, if if he has one more negative test this week, he, he likely won't play. Without Chubb, I just don't like their chances at all. Well, you're forgetting about Janovich, dude. Don't discount him. He's coming in <laughs> hot, baby, ready for some action. <laughs> you want to talk about what was on fire, though? What you were talking about our next game, probably the hottest team in the NFL, if we're going to talk about anybody who has probably the biggest Super Bowl bet on the line, and it involves Mike Vrabel's dick. There's no, not not probably the hottest team in the NFL. They are definitely the hottest team in the NFL. And and listen, we've all doubted this team. Um, 
I myself, as a Derrick Henry uh, owner, I mean, I've doubted the shit out of the Titans, and I cannot admire more. What the Titans have done this year is exactly what the Vikings should have done. It's time to admit that Mike Vrabel is a really, really good coach in this league. I mean, five in a row, uh, from from the ashes, they rise. And they have beaten ridiculously good teams. Uh, this is the hottest team in the NFL. It's not even close. And as it turns out, they can win without Derrick Henry, and they can win big. And they can beat really fucking good teams, like the best team in the NFC. And yeah. they do it without Arthur Smith. You know, and when a team loses their OC, what's the biggest impact you usually see? The offense usually regresses. The quarterback usually struggles, depending on what's going on. And they lose Arthur Smith to the Falcons, and they're still representing. I yep. mean, it's I, unbelievable. I think they did find a little bit of a struggle early on, but they've gotten that fix, figured out there. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm very impressed with them losing Derrick Henry and being able to turn around and beat a team like the Rams. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Handily, handily, they manhandled them. But I mean, the Saints, their opponent this week, the Saints, they've been up and down all year this year, right? They come off this big win against the Bucks, and then they lose to the Falcons. Like, one of the biggest upsets of the year. I mean, Atlanta finally wins something in the World Series, and then the the Falcons riding the high of that. Congrats to the Braves, by the way, for taking down the Astros, because fuck the Astros. Um, But yeah, so the Falcons are riding high, and they go in, they take down the Saints. Like, all right. Yeah, I mean, the, the, this is the Titans' year. They lose to the Jets. This is so NFL, what I'm about to describe. They lose to the Jets, blow out the Jaguars as they should, slip past the Bills, destroy the Chiefs. It's not even close. Uh, beat the Colts, destroy the Rams. That is their last five games. Like, we're talking four of those five games are premier teams in both of their conferences. This team is incredible, and it's time to believe in them. Well, and who else to earn the respect is Ryan fucking Tannehill, man. Yeah. This guy, everybody wanted to say systematic stuff. That's why he's doing well. Derrick Henry, play action, all this all this jibber-jabber about him. The only reason why he's good is because of that. He's showing that he's complete quarterback, man, and, and he's earned the respect. Started out at the Dolphins with freaking Adam Gase, like one of the worst coaches we've ever seen in the NFL, and now they're coming back with a great team, and the Titans got a freaking shot. It wasn't that long ago that he was just a, a lonely old wide receiver over at Texas A&M. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> played played one-year quarterback, and look at him now, trying to carry the Titans to a Super Bowl. Uh, and on top of that, like Julio Jones hasn't done shit this year. And A.J. Brown, he's, he's had some big splash plays, but as far as like consistency goes, not really there. You know, a couple, day, a couple games minus like a 60, 70-yard touchdown. If he'll finish the day with like three catches for 90 yards and a touchdown, and you have to have more production elsewhere. Obviously, they they lose Johnny Smith. They lost a lot of pieces, and uh, they they're figuring it out, man. Like, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. So, you know, good for them. It, I, it their their like defense is their defense is kind of taking a corner. So, if you look at Sweat, the game that he had against the Rams, he absolutely dominated in that game, and and that's that's a big key as to why uh, along their defensive line and Nico Autry too. Um, so, I mean, uh, their defense has really turned a corner. I thought that their, their defensive line looked like it could be improved uh, at the beginning of the season. Uh, Bud Dupree's done a little bit to help out with that, but they're, they're definitely putting it together on the back end there. I would say a lot of it to help out with it, just, just with his presence. And um, uh, this team, the thing that is the most bizarre about it is Julio Jones, who he's just not Julio Jones anymore. He's really not attributed to this team at all. Everyone thought he would he's been be hurt most of the season, but he's also just not been that good. I, I like I I I watch I watch him on the field and he 
is not the Julio Jones I remember. Yeah. Every time I see him run a route, I'm just like, ugh. Yeah. Like, that's... Some guys just fall off cliffs. We're seeing it with Big Ben this year, and I think we're seeing it with Julio Jones. Well, it seems more like an A.J. Green-type role. You, I mean, you remember A.J. Green with the Bengals, and it was like top-tier wide receiver in the NFL, and it's kind of what it more reminds me of right now. For sure. That's a good comparison. Yeah, well, I mean, really we, all, we all know A.J. Brown is going to be getting the share of the targets. He's getting double-digit targets every game. Uh, you, you mentioned the loss of Jonu Smith. I mean, they got Fisker at tight end, but let's be honest. He's not getting freaking looks from Tannehill, uh, not like these guys are. And and it's kind of expected. I think Julio is drawing when he's finally been on the field. It helps A.J. Brown get open and draw some open space and, and drawing some respect. Maybe they can turn it on the second half of the year, but he certainly hasn't been that guy, uh, that's for sure. In an offense where we thought play action Julio Jones was going to be a big-time play this year. So who do you guys like in that game? You think the Saints can bounce back in their, their topsy-turvy ways? Well, I mean, I'm not buying it. As far as their up and down defenses go, they should play defense, but the quarterback situation is just too much for me to not jump on the Titans. It it would be a huge letdown for them to blow this game. It's a huge time because you can really take a nice jump in this division. Um, You know, we're past the halfway point. It'd, It'd be a huge letdown for them. I just. You know, it's a, you're coming off, you're coming off this big win I mean, against the Rams. So like maybe you after know, these this past game's two in weeks. Nashville though. So it is on the road for them. Maybe it'll be a little bit cooler up there. Not, they're not quite used to that. So, I mean, I think that the factors are really playing against the saints in this game. Yeah. yeah so remember last year when we kept debating, like why is Sean Payton starting Taysom Hill over the obviously uh, more capable Jameis Winston? Um, this year, I'm doing the same exact thing, except for it's the exact opposite. Why are you starting Trevor Simeon over Taysom Hill? It is so confusing. No matter what you think of Taysom Hill, he's not a good quarterback, but he's better than Trevor Simeon. I've seen Trevor Simeon. He used to play for my team. He used to play for the Broncos. The guy sucks. And he has Jets. so many years in the NFL to prove that he is not a good player. What are we still trying to find out about Trevor Simeon? And this is what Sean Payton does. He sits on these, he rests on these laurels, and he, oh, uh, Trevor Simeon beat the Bucks. He did not fucking beat the Bucks. Every every other aspect of that team beat the Bucks except for Trevor Trevor Simeon. The Bucks almost had two hundred yards penalties in that game. By exactly. the way, and they're 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 <laughs> still rolling with the guy. They're still rolling with the guy despite the fact that they just lost one of the biggest upsets of the season for them against Atlanta. Like, what is going on? With, with with the Saints and Sean Payton, it happens every year where he just gets these stubborn little moments. No, Sean Payton or Trevor Simeon's my guy. Well, last year Taysom Hill was your guy. What has changed? How is it Trevor Simeon when you signed Taysom Hill to this giant contract, that which was, is it was none a fake, of his it was a fake, it I know it's a contract. fake contract, but the point is you signed him for a reason because you thought, hey, if something goes wrong here, if Jameis doesn't work out, I have an offensive package and sets here for the season ready for this guy to be our starting quarterback. That's the only reason that you have that that signing and tell him that you are a quarterback now. He wasn't the utility guy anymore, wasn't going to be doing the punt uh, protection, wasn't going to be doing the running back. It was pure quarterback. And to see him go away from that and go straight to Simeon, I don't know if it was a health thing or not, but it's very odd to me because I'd be running a Lamar Jackson-style offense with Taysom Hill if I'm the Saints with him and Kamara there and then a Callaway who you can get off of a play action and can beat the team deep. That's where I would be, and I, I don't know where Sean Payton's Well, so at. Hill wasn't available for the Bucks game because he has a pretty severe concussion that he, that he was recovering mm-hmm. from. But he came back last week, and I'm hoping and praying for the Saints' sake 
that they're just not playing Taysom Hill because and Yahoo keeps calling it a brain injury, which is so dramatic. <laughs> it's true. I mean, that's what a concussion is, but um, sounds like Aaron Rodgers using words to get clicks. I'm, I'm thinking, <laughs> brain injury. I'm, I'm thinking Taysom Hill just isn't healthy enough to play. Yeah. It has to be the it reason. Ha- right? It has, it has, has to, be. to be. Yeah, I agree. The, uh, did you watch? Did you watch the Titans Rams game? I uh, I did. I, I watched very very little of it. Did did anyone watch it? Yeah, we had it. We bits, had bits and pieces. That man, the the warmth I felt in my heart watching Adrian Peterson cross the goal line. God damn! <laughs> that, oh, dude, that's. It's, a, I, I'm always gonna root for that guy. All day, man. baby. He should have been signed from the beginning of the year, but I think it works out for him in his favor. A little less tread on the tires here to start the season. has been healthy. He's been training, been ready. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that in the NFL as we continue down to see a lot of these older players. You're going to see guys say, hey, I'm ready to go. Gentlemen, like, season. It's Gen- a way gentlemen, longer season. We've got some breaking news. Oh, uh, wow. The NFL has uh, fined Green Bay $300,000 for violations of the NFL and NFLPA Oof. protocols, while Aaron Rodgers and Allen Alan Lazard were each fined fourteen thousand six hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, that, that's pretty much how much uh, C.D. Lamb got for uh, not tucking his sock. Well, so white, white so how much? It. How much does Aaron Rodgers get fined? Fourteen four, grand, four, a little over fourteen k. Not yeah. not awful, but yeah, uh, that's nothing. Honestly, that's the exact amount that I saw in an article that somebody predicted. It's literally well, to the dollar. It, it's for the. Uh, it's just for their uh, violations. It, it's, yeah. it's it's literally in the same. Ballpark is CD Lamb's got fifty thousand dollars in fines this year for different things like tucking his jersey where his stomach's showing, one sock being too high or too low. But they they compound, they get higher and higher each time. So it's just the yeah. and, and that's part of what the NFLPA did agree on with them. It grows each time, kind of like when uh, James Harrison used to get start getting fined like it, half a yeah. million dollars every time he pounds someone. Back to your question with Aaron Rodgers too. It's I think that's all that's going to come of it. We just saw it right there in the breaking news. I don't, I don't see any more, any less, anything else happening after that. I, yeah, I'm, I'm mostly curious on uh, Aaron Rodgers' availability for the next game. That that is my biggest if question. He passes this, this test. What, he's available. What, what, by what, the what I make of this? What I make of this fine though is that they're punishing the team way more than their MVP from last year, which is so NFL. They're they're, they're, they're shitting on the team. And preserving their player. Well, you well know, I think what the NFL always does. You're limited on how much you can find a player. It's it's got to be yeah. in some sort of protocol. True, but so that, that is, fine seems insanely high for the for the Packers. Yeah, I mean, you can always find an organization. Three hundred grand, dude. That's, these people don't give a fuck. About I know they don't that. give a fuck, but we we'll just just talk about the amount. It's a lot of money. It's, yeah, and I mean, it's and it's more than. Geez, 20 times what Aaron Rodgers got fired. Yeah, I mean, and that's for good reason. It's the team, you know. That Aaron Rodgers is the employee. They are the employer. The bigger your responsibilities, the bigger your fine. And if you want to talk about chain of command, Aaron Rodgers is lower on that totem pole. So is Alan Lazard. And it makes sense to me what they're doing, the, the fines. And it's not going to be anything else outside of that unless Aaron Rodgers makes it that, you know. I'm just saying it's typical. Yeah. It's, it's very typical. It's a very typical move for the NFL. They're, sure. they're, they're punishing the organization, not their star player. And, well, wow. So, so I, I, I do want to jump, jump a little bit forward here. Let's jump to the NFC West. Uh, the Rams are three and a half point favorites at San Francisco. So San Francisco is coming off a losing a game to your Arizona Cardinals, Marcus, uh, without without Kyler Murray and James Conner just really goes ham on them. When you when you have a great coach, all right, I'm just gonna stop there. <laughs> James Conner, baby. Uh, honestly, yeah. this this has to go in as a game that I love. Like 
Rams coming off of like bad loss, bad loss, and and we're kind of getting in crunch time. Like you can you can't start falling behind when the Cardinals are kind of showing that they can win the the ugly games, not necessarily the ugly games, but the ones that maybe they shouldn't be winning. Like you lose your quarterback and you go out and you just put a thumping on. Like Rams right now, the Rams cannot afford another loss. So they got to come out and they got to put a show on three I mean, and a half, I mean, he, dude. Here's come a, on. So just to, just to step away from the games for a second here and kind of look at the standings, the NFC like it's kind of up for grabs realistically. Do you realize who would be the seventh team and if the playoffs started today, the Atlanta Falcons would be the seventh seed. I mean, I'm personally was expecting there to be multiple teams out of the NFC West coming. Obviously, you know, I, we all kind of like the Rams. Um, I like the 49ers. I thought they were going to be good, but they've not lived up to that at all. Um, you've got the Cardinals there, and you've got the Rams that are both in it. But can one of these other teams jump back in with Seattle and San Francisco? Like, they, the San Francisco needs to get it together if it's going to happen. It's not happening against the Rams, I can tell you that. And you need to jump on this minus three and a half while you can because there's no way come Sunday that that's going to be the spread. I, I think those points are going to get even higher. Uh, well, it's, yeah, it's, just, it's already at four. Yeah, it, it's going to keep still. it's going to keep climbing, dude. What does the 49ers show to anybody right now? Well, at, so I'll I'll tell you exactly what goes in the spread. Kyle Shanahan has never lost against Sean McVay. Yeah, that's what goes ever. In. Hey, I get it, but you're talking about He's coming off of one of the dominated. most embarrassing losses of all time. You got Von Miller. Do you think that makes Von, a team less likely to show up? Or more likely to show up for the next game? I think more likely that the Rams show up for the next game when you but get I mean, thumped the week before. I'm, I, the 49ers also got embarrassed. Yeah, so. but I also have no expectations of the 49ers to be a Super Bowl or NFC Conference Championship type team. That I've never had that expectation from the beginning of the year. When it's the Rams, you have that expectation set. You just make the trade for Vaughn Miller, and he's going to be playing. That week, you got Leonard Floyd, Von Miller, Aaron Donald, and you're telling me that these guys just got their asses stomped and they're not going to come out and give Jimmy Garoppolo the fucking business? There's a lot on the line in this game. Yeah, There's but no Vegas way. Vegas goes on on uh, statistics and history, and in the last four games, uh, Kyle Shanahan has been the dog in three of the last four games, and he's won Against all the four of them. Wow. That's impressive. That's insane. Kyle, Kyle Shanahan owns Sean McVay. I mean, is that enough to close. sway? Is that enough to sway you with this game? No, it's not. <laughs> That's my to my point exactly. <laughs> no, it, it it really it really isn't. I'm just I'm just explaining uh, Vegas's rationale because you have to understand why Vegas is doing what they're doing to to understand what how you're going to bet. So to go all in on the Rams, it's 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 tough here. Um, however, I do think the Rams triumph, and I think they 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 get back on track here. Yeah, and I mean, not not even just based off of because they got their asses kicked the week before. It's what the 49ers are showing me right now. And they with their personnel, their personnel and their injuries that they continue to have, I, I feel bad for John Gruden and Shanahan, honestly, because I don't think there's been a franchise that's had to deal with more prominent injuries than the 49ers. And still... J John still, Lynch? Or John Lynch. What did okay. I say? Gruden? Yeah. My apologies. <laughs> uh, yeah, John Lynch. But in a team that still has done pretty well, I mean, honestly, with all those injuries, when they did San Francisco, but it's just not in the cards, not why Garoppolo's quarterback and Trey Lance certainly isn't the guy to stick in there. And, and again, I think that spread's going to climb as the week goes on. Agreed. I'm, I'm going to agree with you there, Kurt. Uh, I'm rolling with the Rams this week, uh, and I, I listen, I, I was vocal in the NFC West pod. I actually picked the 49ers to, to win it. It's not there. 
They're 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 not there. Um, they're the things that I thought would be shooting off at this point. I mean, listen, they they've had so many fucking injuries. I did not expect they did not expect the same amount of injuries to befall them as it did last year, which is insane. It's insane. The 49ers, there is something just cursed about this team. I almost feel for them as a Vikings fan, but wow, they are really banged up right now, and I just can't believe in a team like this that's that's run by Garoppolo. They made the wrong draft pick. Justin Fields would be starting right now for the 49ers if they would have made the right choice, and then I think the next best, best choice would have been Mac Jones, and they would have been better off with both these guys over... Uh, Trey Lance, who I think is just going to be a garbage player in his career. Been saying it since and, day one. And also remember, they spent a lot of capital to get him. So, you know, so many so picks. Three, three first-round draft picks. Like, like this this 2021 draft could literally undo the the previous six years that the Niners have done fantastic drafting and building like the core of that team. They could have just undone it in one season. John Lynch is officially on watch. Um, that that move was so devastating to the organization that uh, this, this, this is a team that could potentially be bad for many years. I mean, you trade three first round picks. We're talking uh, the the Bucks trade with John Gruden bad. I mean, it's, it was a horrible. It was horrible. Like, it was like when Washington Trade. gave up horrible. everything for RG three, and it looked good for a year and a half, and then yep. and then they're still trying to get back. It's a horrible trade, yeah. embarrassingly bad. Yeah, it's it's definitely eye opening when you saw the amount that they gave up for that, especially with the talent that was available in the field. I mean, it's still yet to be seen. I'm not going to write Trey Lance off just after you know one game that I think the 49ers gave up all that for. What what do you play one game that college season? Right, the COVID season. Have you seen him Played throw, once. though? Yeah, yeah. No, I've seen I mean, it. I think they think the NFL, though, where it's going and the, the offenses that we're seeing, they think his intangibles are there to where they can harness that talent. I get that, and I see where Kyle Shanahan's going with it or where John Lynch, he might have been able to talk John Lynch into that other than Mac Jones because in my eyes, I think Lynch was probably all over Mac Jones and Shanahan was probably the guy that was pushing for Lance. I definitely think that Shanahan has had a lot to do with a lot of their personnel moves. As we can see, like, with Brandon Ayuk, Ayuk, right? He had, like, a good season last year. Coming into the season, he's, like, not playing. It's horrible. It's just, it's just a weird kind of, like, and then they draft Trey, Trey, uh, Trey Sermon, and then Elijah Mitchell, who, who they also draft, winds up being the guy. Like, why did you draft two running backs, first off? Well, but like, injuries on Sermon. Because uh, uh, they need a lot of running yeah. backs. No, but, but what I'm saying is they've also been finding guys off the scrap heap, and they've been just fine with them. So there's no reason to Like continue. Mitchell. Well, well, Mitchell was a fifth rounder, but Mostert previous is that's a scrappy. Mostert is most, who I think most, of. Mostert was an undrafted free agent, and yeah. you know what I mean. Jeff uh, George, whatever is. But Jeff what do you Wilson. consider a scrappy? But I would consider anything past the fourth round a, a scrappy I, I, guy. My point is that you don't necessarily need to be investing all of that. So if we look at what they've done with their draft picks over the last couple of years, they've wasted a lot of them, right? And for you. I mean, there were some. They drafted uh, Joe Williams from Utah or something like that because Kyle Shanahan loved this guy, and then he never played a snap for him. So I mean, like Kyle Shanahan, the evaluator. I don't think he's really that good. I want to just 
I want to take that away from him. I want to start just, hey, you're going to, I'm going to draft the team. I'm going to evaluate the players. I'm going to give them to you. You're going to coach so, them up Sounds and like it he's out. an offensive coordinator and not a head coach. Sounds like a guy who's gotten teams to Super Bowls as an OC, and maybe he's, it's not cut out for him to be a head, head coach. Hey, Could hey, be. And we've said it about plenty of other people. I mean, so his, his dad was not a great uh, evaluator of, of talent either. Hold on. Plenty yep. of other people who have not gotten the amount of time and chance that he has. Well, I'm saying some people are just meant to be coordinators. It's really that simple, and there's nothing wrong with that. No, no. Not at all. Yeah, I'm still not giving up on Kyle Shanahan, but I am giving up on the 49ers and their streak against the Rams. Uh, th- th- this will be a terrible loss for the 49ers. I think they're going to get spanked. Conversely, who knows? Conversely, nobody should be trading first round draft picks unless you're the Rams because they're really good at it. <laughs> yeah. Well, what about talking about giving up on things? What are we? Are we giving up on the Golden Boy of the NFL or the the previous Golden Boy? Everybody out on Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes. What's but going on, guys? I am this week. Give me the Raiders as a home dog. Give me over. I'm, I, I feel like the over is going to be a, a nice a nice play in this game. So the Kansas, we're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs, who are two-and-a-half-point favorites at the Raiders. Um, what is the over that you like? Right now, as it sits, uh, Kansas City two-and-a-half, uh, 51 and a half. I mean, I feel like Derek Carr plays pretty well against the Chiefs. Their defense has not played well this year. They should be able to put up some points. They did claim or sign Deshaun Jackson, uh, who cleared waivers uh, earlier this week or whatever. Um, so, I mean, the, I I like, I don't know, I, I like the Raiders here. What does that even mean with the Deshaun Jackson signing? Well, like it, it guy, replaces it replaces what you had in rugs with the downfield. I know threat. it's just like Shady Does McCoy. He? It's like Shady yeah. McCoy signing with Down, the Bucks. Downfield like, threat? Yeah. Oh, Deshaun McCoy signs with the Bucks. This dude I is agree. trying to leech on any team that he possibly he sucks. can. It, it's, he sucks. He, he, he does. Deshaun it. Jackson the top off a of defense and, still, and, he, and he, he still can. He still can take it off. I don't want to make the whole conversation about Deshaun, but I had to dog him because he got signed by the. He's Bucks lazy and is a cancer. I, I don't. I don't agree with the I, signing I, at all. I, I agree with that. Too. Yeah, but do do the Raiders not have the same the same style defense like we talk about? That is Patrick Mahomes' kryptonite. Edge rushers, big pass rush. Mm-hmm. The offense is there. I, I don't see the Chiefs bouncing back this year. Guys. Isn't it amazing how good their defense is, with, despite the myriad mistakes they've made in the draft? It, yeah. it, it's actually kind of crazy. Like. Like Pharrell, they, they 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 take Pharrell over um Max, over Max over uh, what's his name for the Bucks, the middle linebacker Devin White, Devin White, who everybody they also took him over Josh Allen, every the defensive end for the Jags. Everybody had a White over Pharrell in that draft, and fucking of course Mayock, and then and then everyone's oh maybe maybe Gruden knows more than us. No, nope. You, if you have White right now, you are a premier defense. I think it yeah. was the Clemson craze, man. Everybody was going after that Clemson team back to back. You know, going to national champion. That's what that I like. Isn't Pharrell was so obviously not that guy. No, he, wasn't he wasn't projected wasn't. to be anywhere near there. He, he was going to be like an eleventh, maybe twelfth round pick in that draft. He he was good because of the other guys that they had on that defensive line for sure. So, but Max Crosby's the guy who ended up being the one. Wow, yeah. and I love I love. Max Crosby, I, I love those. Crosby's like, the man, like those mid-round underrated guys that just have high motors and just get it done. Like, so glad he's off the crack. 
Yeah. <laughs> and he yeah. is a raider. Shout like, when you think Crosby. of Matt, Max Crosby, when you see that dude, sleeve tattoo down there, oh, yeah. the guy is an Oakland Raider. That's what I love about them. I have a soft spot for the Raiders because of that greediness, the John Madden-type teams, and it, it's awesome to see. The, um, the, actually, the things that I was just kind of digging through while we've been bullshitting about some of the teams is I, I didn't realize that they – Signed Gus Bradley, who was the has been the Chargers defensive coordinator for the last few years. I didn't realize the Chargers went and got a new defensive coordinator who is in his first stint. Uh, so maybe maybe that's well, a, the new head coach obviously is coordinating a lot of that defense. So. Well, well, yeah, but but I'm saying like Gus Bradley did a pretty damn good job over in there for all the injuries that they had. So and now you know Raiders just have weird pieces, man. We've we've talked about it a lot, and I still love like Jonathan Abrams, man. The little, little weird bastard just likes to smash people. Jonathan in the Abrams face. is re- weirdly good. Yeah, weirdly I, good. I, I, I when, when he's played at a better position, I like him better at the linebacker spot where they're where they're playing him now. Yeah. Is more of like a bit of the strong side. Yeah. yeah, like a yeah, like a like a third safety line, uh, like a less role. talented. Um, uh, what's his face from Seattle? Jamal Adams. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but yeah, they're they're just an interesting team. But I, I do like the over. So, so we're all on the Raiders here. Um, I, I honestly, I could I could really go either way on this. Obviously, I'm going to be sweet towards the Raiders, but as far as like, f- I just like them at home in Vegas, getting the two and a half points. Yeah, it's 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 hard. So for me, I, I just like the over a little. And bit. Kansas City has not been covering lines. Yeah, so that, even if Kansas City wins this game, yeah, I, th- I think as of right now, that loss to the Giants is still kind of fresh in my heart because that one hurt. Um, but. If I, I like I like I, I'm leaning Raiders. So I won't be I would, I would never put money on the Chiefs right now. But as far as like where I'd put my money first and where I will be putting it first, it's gonna be you it's like gonna, the over. It's it's gonna be on in the over. Uh, well, I think it was last se- last season they had a couple of those shootouts, thirty five, thirty one, which is an easy clear, and I I could go for a nice easy win this week. Sure, I mean both those offenses look really bad last week, so there's probably a chance that they rebound this week, which everyone's gonna be oh they look bad, so maybe it even goes down. It may it may dip below that fifty one at this point. Yeah, too. And, and well, and to touch on your Deshaun Jackson signing, I do hate this signing, uh, just because. And you know, I do agree with Drew. He has a cancer. He hasn't really, you know, he's just not the same person. But he's literally a shorter version, but the same player as Rugs. Rugs one runs one route in in a slight variance. It's a fly. It's a go route, and then sometimes it turns into a skinny post. Just take the top off, and if you don't cover it, you're in trouble. I get I get it. To, so it's more of like a fit. For the scheme, he, he's so probably not going to run a lot of uh, routes, right? He's, he's, he's not he's not going to play a lot because he's coming he's, into he's, a new team. But when they put in the in, him in the game, guess what he's going to do? He's going to run drags and routes. But you know what? J- J- we, we saw we saw it early on with the Raiders. The athletic freak, the white Megatron, Hunter Renfro is going to keep carrying this team. <laughs> <laughs> what, what a stuff! How can like? But like honestly, like how consistent well, has he been? He's going to play better with somebody to take the top off the defense because it's going to clear some stuff out. You might hit you might hit him on the a drag. White, on the-, the white Megatron, <laughs> the Hunter Renfro. The Chiefs man. defense sucks. The Raiders they just cut their first round draft pick cornerback. I, I mean, I think the over is the call for sure, and I think we'll see some lights out. Big time passes. I think we'll also see some craziness coming out of Patrick Mahomes once again when he's running for his life. I think we're going to see some turnovers come out of there. But again, the Raiders to me is is the draw. So you're going with the Raiders? Uh, if I was if I was going to put my money on so, it, so that's just where it would just go. to be clear, and I'm sorry, I keep having to step away and take pisses. Mm-hmm. I think I'm literally still draining out all the liquids that I consumed <laughs> from a bachelor party I went to last weekend. Uh, yeah. My wife can attest I have been recovering from this bachelor party for days. Uh, but I will say, so is everyone going Raiders in this? 
I think we're all on the Raiders. And you're you're talking about Raiders with the points, right? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Give me the two and a half points. So two and a half points. Two and a half points. I'm going Chiefs. I I gotta believe that this thing eventually changes. How many weeks in a row can we believe it? How many weeks in a row can I be suckered into it? <laughs> Count me for another week, because uh, I'm a fucking idiot. All right, just so, follow Jackson Mahomes TikTok and get back yeah, to me. Before exactly, you know, you know that's funny because that, that is a damn close to verbatim of what uh, Dubich was saying on Sunday. He's like, I keep chasing the Chiefs, and they can't, I'm wrong every time. I'm gonna do it again. The exact same freaking thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I am gonna chase the Chiefs though, and here's why: because they face off against a team who might actually be more of a dumpster fire than they could ever possibly dream of being. The Raiders, all the shit that's going on with the Raiders, I mean, this is another chink in their armor since last game where they lost to the Giants. So they lose to the Giants on Sunday. They go out and lose another first-round pick. How many of these fucking punches in the face can they take before it starts to affect them seriously yeah. mentally? Unlimited. They, it, they've been fitting the city they moved to, baby. Las Vegas, the dumpster fire, which is Vegas, which you've all dealt with. That is what it is. I think these guys just keep pushing. They keep grinding. I don't think so. I think the Raiders are actually fucked. And, in fact, I'm going to make a bold prediction and say that all this stuff is eventually going to come down the Raiders. They don't have a competent head coach. Um, I mean, we're talking interim head coaches. Uh, I don't think this team makes playoffs straight up. I think we've seen a lot of interim coaches actually make a run a lot of the times in the NFL. You saw it with Bruce Arians and the Colts when um, their head coach stepped away with cancer at that point in time. I I think that it's happened in the past other times as well, and I think it could happen with the Raiders. Don't you see how that's different, though? I I mean, I don't. Especially with Andrew Luck. I just think it's a galvanizing moment, and not with the way that Carr's been playing right now. No, I think the team's there. The defense is there. The run game is there. uh, The O-line is there. I think they can do it. But it's the team there. Just just give me a shootout. That's all I care for. (laughs) Over 51, couple touchdowns out of uh, us. You're mostly banking on the over here. Let's uh, let's change course here now that we've talked about the Chiefs and Raiders, and and we've covered all that we can here. Um, We'll go to your squad. The Vikings, who suffered another catastrophic, like late, heartbreaking Jeez. loss to the to the Ravens, um, the Justin Tucker, Vikings. yeah. <clears throat> but they're getting two and a half points at the Chargers, who have basically not been able to stop the run. If Dalvin Cook doesn't score a fucking touchdown this week, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> like I'm going to hold you to it. No, <laughs> no probably not. But. Um, <laughs> But I, I'm seriously like, why do they not give him the ball on the one yard line? I, I'm so annoyed. I mean, not just him, him and Madison. I mean, there's no reason that they shouldn't be pounding the rock even that much more to open up some play action when you've got Thielen and you got Justin Jefferson and somebody who's a personal favorite of mine is KJ Osborne, man, underrated guy who I think can take the top off the defense and has great athleticism. It, it's just odd to me that they don't have a little bit more of a. Uh, balanced attack when it comes to that, especially with a guy like Cook and, and Madison. They, be- they better run the ball against the Chargers. That's all I can say. That's, that's where I'm at. So I can tell you didn't watch the Ravens game. I can tell you, I can tell Newman you did not watch the Ravens game because if, if you had watched the Ravens game, you would know that they did, in fact, run the ball. 
very, very unsuccessfully in the second half, and it was embarrassing. I, I'm talking about why does why is he like he gets him down to the one yard line, well, and then it's Kirk Cousins with a pass. Yeah, but that's what I'm that's what I'm upset well, with. No, yeah, you're you're actually completely wrong. Wait, I, I I can I can tell that you didn't watch the game because I, they I would, did watch the game. So they, they they got down to the one yard line, and then they how did they get down to the one yard line? They would get stuffed every time. On, on, on the one-yard line. Were you watching the Red Zone channel, I'm assuming? No, like, there were, I was watching multiple games, so I had my eyes popping so, everywhere. So, but it's so like, when, you're, when you're looking at what, what they happened... They did get Dalvin Cook the ball multiple times within the five-yard line, and he was not su- successful. Why? Because the Ravens' run defense is pretty stout. And Calais Campbell, dude. (laughs) Calais Campbell, outside of the one breakout run from from Dalvin Cook, they were not getting it going on the ground, and they continuously tried to force it. This is why the Vikings lost. I mean, we have a a top five uh, wide receiver one, wide receiver two core. The second that the running game failed on the Vikings, they should have started to pass, and they didn't. Yeah, for me, more so the run. What, what I'm what I'm basing it off of is against the Chargers and what we were talking about earlier. How weak that rush defense is when you've got two guys. For one, Dalvin Cook, top top five running back in the NFL in my eyes, and then you got Madison, who's not just an above average backup. He's starting on some other teams for sure. The guy is a beast. He's big. He's got good hands. He can pass block in a game against chargers where they've shown to struggle against the run where freaking Derwin James is having to lead the team in tackles at the safety because the running backs are breaking through the second line of defense. Uh, That's where the recipe opens up for the Vikings for me against the chargers. And that's where that pass attack will open up with Justin Jefferson Thielen, And again, who I love uh, KJ Osborne again, and that's a guy who under under the radar favorite that I like, especially when you got guys like Jefferson and Thielen drawing double teams and, and spreading the defense. But you, you have to get more creative in the run game. What 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 they're doing and, and what I'm what I'm what I'm telling Newman is is exactly what happened is we, we would get down the goal line and then we would run Dalvin up the middle and he would just get stuffed. When he when he ran his uh what was it, sixty five yard run or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, they got him going off the edge because our tackles are way better than our guards. Our guards are terrible. Uh, we, we have our, our rookie, Derisaw, on the left side, and then we have our, our stud, who is our best lineman, Brian O'Neill, on the right side. And Derisaw is good. Derisaw, for a rookie, he's, show, he's showing some he's good stuff. He's fucking amazing, dude. He's going to be a great player in the was that a Was that a counter or a misdirection run, too, though? Because that's something that I think that the Vikings need a lot more of, too. Because Dalvin, when he puts his foot into the grass and he plants and makes that one cut, Dude, he can strike, and and nobody's catching him there. So the, and, and that's where it's more so than me than those long off-tackle stretch plays that you see Kirk Cousins under center. I agree. As a middle linebacker guy who played the position, that's easy to read for me, and that's easy money to stuff. If I agree. They, they need to get more creative in the run plays, 100%. They need to stretch it out to the outside more. What they were doing on the goal line is they were – it was either a weird pass play from Kirk Cousins where – Ravens would just bring everybody because they, they assumed it was a run play and they would fucking just get to Kirk Cousins in 20 seconds. Or 20 seconds is, is <laughs> ridiculous and generous. I'm, I'm saying two seconds. Or or they would run Dalvin right up the middle, right at this yeah. pass rush. So, so they were just banking on the Vikings to be predictable, which is exactly what they did, and go straight up the middle. 
Try something else. Try, Maybe a try. little CJ Ham lead blocking on the edge, like lead blocking or a screen power. Any, anything else but what they were doing. The, the single, interior, anything but the single back. Guys, guys so, so you don't know our our former first round pick, uh, Bradbury was was gone this game. We had a backup in who was terrible. Our the interior of our line was getting flushed. What did our fucking dumbass offensive coordinator continue to do? run right up the middle on the goal line. And that's what they did multiple times with, with Dalvin Cook. I witnessed it with my own eyes. Dude, you have J- Justin Jefferson, who is a dynamic threat, and Adam Thielen, who might be the, mess, the best red zone wide receiver in the league. He's fantastic. You need to pass the ball when you get down to that. I actually disagree with, with, with your take. They were running it with Dalvin Cook, and he was getting stuffed. Every fucking time. They need to start passing the ball when we get down there. If not, just to switch it up. Because it's so obvious what we're going to do on first round. If it's first and goal, guess what we're going to do? We're going to run Dalvin Cook right up the middle. Well, maybe not right up the middle. Maybe that, you could still run Dalvin Cook, but, but that's just what they not do. right up the so, middle. But that's what they're doing. Get so him to the edge. Dude, our, this coaching staff is a fucking embarrassment. And I, so do and you I, want them gone? I want every single one of them gone. <laughs> Dude, Mike, Mike Zimber... Get the fuck out of here. Your dumbass son, who's a defensive coordinator for the Vikings right now, get the fuck out of town. Take your hot-ass girlfriend and your millions of dollars and get out of here. Dude, Mike Zimmer is the defensive coordinator for the Vikings, or his son is the defensive coordinator for the Vikings. Who's calling the plays? Our head coach. Why is this happening? Dude, the Vikings are idiots. Sounds like some nepotism to me. Dude, sounds like high school shit. This <laughs> it is nepotism, one hundred percent. This is the worst. This is the worst, best roster I've ever seen in my life. This, this team could easily be eight. No, look at every single one of these losses. They are. There is not a single loss that is more than a touchdown. There is not a single loss on the Vikings schedule this year, and we're talking the Cardinals, the Ravens. Uh, literally every fucking good team in the NFL you can think of. Oh, we have played. It's been heartbreaking. I, I'm I'm devastated. Like they pissed me off all every like week in and week out. We so, have never lost a game by more than a touchdown. It is time for every single coach on this roster to go because this is a extremely talented roster that should be winning games. Do you realize that we had two interceptions, two interceptions, and a kick return? Zero turnovers on offense, and we still lost. Do you want to know how many teams in, a, in NFL history have ever done that? None. Two percent ever. <laughs> two percent <laughs> like two of NFL teams that have had that exact oh, yeah, no, okay. that that exact amount. Okay. So so we're talking two interception or two turnovers, one kick return for for a touchdown. So special teams touchdown, which kick returns in the NFL are very rare yeah. these days. We get all that. Don't turn the ball over a single time and you still lose. Get every coach out of fucking town. The The Vikings are horrible. So that all being said, who's winning this weekend? The Chargers are going to smash us. <laughs> they are. They're going to smash can us. Can I tell you that these are two of the teams that I'm most down on right now? I'm so disheartbroken at both, and the Chargers are really pissed me off. But... Good news for you is they could be overlooking you because they have a powerhouse in Pittsburgh coming in next week, and I'll be out there, boys. But um, powerhouse, I I can't. It's hard for me right now to kind of pick either way as far as this game goes. But your first impression is going to be over. Back, I honestly at fifty three, I really like the under. I like the under in this game. 
Um, so give me the under in this one. But if it, especially if Minnesota actually is able to run the ball, then they're, that's going to you know take some time off the clock. Yeah, yeah. Give me, just give me the under. <clears throat> and um, and yeah, let's get in. Yeah, give, give me the Chargers if it gunned ahead. But I'm I'm just going to take under in this game and hope for Keenan Allen first touchdown. <laughs> Kirk Cousins, if he dies, he dies. Speaking of dying, our kneecaps. What are you guys having for lunch tomorrow? Because I got some kneecaps coming up this weekend with Dan Campbell, baby. <laughs> so I, by the way, I'm taking the Chargers. I think they 100% will cover. And 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 honestly, I'm I'm just I'm so out on the Vikings. I I can't even believe it. I I do the, the, this. I've I've never. If you can't hear the passion in my voice and what I was just saying, this team. It's the best team I've seen. It, it, this team is better than the Vikings team that went 13-3 and with Case Keenum. It's way better than that team. The fact that we're in this position, we're not going to make the playoffs. Is Bradbury going to be in the game? Does he have a chance to play this week? Uh, he does, but ride the Chargers in this game. The, Vi- the Vikings are the Vikings are, are fucked. Fade the Vikings. I, I need some Dalvin touchdowns, so. We're fucked. It's fading the Vikes. The Vikings are fucked. But Vi- anyways. Vikings fan, lifelong fading them, baby. You're right. I, so <laughs> Let's move to this Lions game. Kurt, tee it up. Oh, baby. You, you know my boy MCDC. Just the passion, the passion in this guy, man. How do you not love this team? How can you not root for him? I've, told him, I've picked him twice this year, God damn it. Dan the man Campbell, baby. Dude, and, and now I see him coming up against the Schittsburg Steelers. And, like, <laughs> I, I'm so tempted to take it again with the plus eight points. But, God damn it, Detroit will Detroit. I thought the Jags would Jags, but then I see the Jags take down the fucking Buffalo Bills. So what the hell is going on this season, guys? I don't fucking know. I want to swing it to another lifelong Steelers fan and see where the hell he's sitting because I know he's been on the Detroit bandwagon too with me, and it's failed him a couple times. Yeah, what's going on in that brain, Marcus? Yeah, so um – this is a Tomlin special, I think. It's, it is. It's, it's screaming it's Tomlin special. Well, Tomlin thrashing right now. So, so uh, I could go fucking all day. And, <laughs> but, but I, but I will say, at least last night, there weren't any like blatantly, obviously terrible fucking decisions by him. So at least we have that to rest on. But obviously, they still haven't. I was rooting for Chicago to win at the at the end. I was kind of hoping Pittsburgh was going to miss this kick. <laughs> At the, at the fucking end of the game. I, at that point, Dubich had already went 0-5 in the spread. I didn't give a shit about that. Ta- I would have been more surprised by Pittsburgh holding on to a double-digit lead in that game than the Chicago winning. So that's just where I am with, at with Tomlin. Like, but last time I took Detroit to cover was against Philadelphia, and they got fucking thrashed by 40. With that being said... Give me a damn Tomlin special, man. I would fucking love it. I would eat that shit up. Um, and, I mean, Pittsburgh's 3-5 and five against the spread. So you're taking the points? I'm going to take Detroit with plus the points. Um, All right. And honestly, because, like, one, you can always say that it's Pittsburgh's MO. They don't give a shit about how it looks. A win's a win, whatever. But almost double digits. This line will be moving, come closer to kickoff. But um, give me the, whatever the under is, which I'm about to tell you right now, give me that. So I'm going to ride the statistic that we know where Jared Goff has still never won a game when he has not been coached by Sean McVay. <laughs> still. Dude, still. I'm surprised Boswell was able to <laughs> kick that fucking field goal after he got his block knocked yeah. the fuck off yeah, the un- other un- week. Un- under 42 and a half, it's, it's, uh, this could be like a you know, 
24-17, somewhere in there. I think Detroit weirdly covers. But if Dan Campbell gets his first win against Pittsburgh, you'll not see a tear shed from this eye. Yeah, I think uh, I think that Pittsburgh defense is just too much for too much for the Detroit Lions offense, and yeah. and Jared Goff will get rattled real easily. So just too much for Goff. Goff has I've never seen somebody with more happy feet. The guy looks like Fred Flintstone, twinkle toes when it starts getting tight around the pocket. He doesn't move swiftly or with uh, you know real distinction. When you watch Joe Burrow. He's still running for his life right now with the Bengals. That's the most impressive part about this team is the wins that they've had. But when you see him slide in the pocket, it's one step up, one step to the right. Are you talking about the last place Bengals? <laughs> get the hell out of here, dog. Fire and freaking rockets right there. And you don't see that in golf. It's not the guy in Detroit. I thought they made the right move to get those picks. Um, but it's definitely going to be a struggle against the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, which is really galvanizing and carrying the team right now. Oh, for sure. Yeah, the – I can't believe in the Lions, man. I've, I believe in them so many times, and uh, but I am going to believe in the Lions. <laughs> Lions to cover against the Steelers Blessing. just because it's going to make people mad. And just because I I straight up can't tell you. Uh, Claypool might be out this week, which gives them only one, uh, de- one receiver that they can really go to in Deontay. Uh, James Washington, maybe. Fuck James Washington. I call bullshit. Ray Ray McLeod. He's terrible. Ray Ray McLeod. Terrible. Fire move. The only thing the Steelers have going for them in this offense is Najee, and I fucking love and Najee. Pat fire move. Pat fire move, baby. Dude, um, the move is real, bro. The guy is real deal. I think the Steelers are so bad. I think I I actually think they've overperformed, which 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 is hilarious considering Marcus's stance on on. Uh, on uh, Tomlin, Tomlin, I I think you guys are way worse than this record, and it's hilarious that you beat the Bills. The teams that you've beaten are fucking hilarious. Our and the fact that you think you're better than the Bears, it also cracks me up. It cracks me up. <laughs> it cracks me up that you think you're that much better than the Bears. You're not. You're actually just as good as you guys beat the Bears. And uh, I, I I can't wait till you know that your team is as bad as I know my team is. <laughs> Because my team is going to beat you in Minnesota, and it's going to be fun to watch in person because we're going to that game together. Oh, it's going to be great. It is going to be really fun to watch because as bad as my team is, as bad as their record is, we're better than the Steelers. We are. And and you guys have found ways to win games that you shouldn't have, that you think you should have. But I'm telling you that you, you guys have outperformed Dude, Najee's a huge reason for that, man. Yeah. I talk about ridiculous. a guy when he gets the ball, it is straight electric factory, man. I, I, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. If, even last night, you you could count you you have more fingers. Like there's more than close to double digit plays where he's hit and he's falling forward three, four, eight, nine yards. That shit adds up and that changes the play calls throughout the game. He's just beautiful to watch. And off the field is obviously fantastic, but on the field that guy is electric. I love him. His He's whole about- story, everything about the guy, what what took place in his life. And I'm sure most of you guys know it. If you don't, look it up online because it's one of the craziest or somebody's gonna make a freaking a movie about this guy yeah. one day. That's for Homeless. sure. Homeless. And and it's one hundred percent why the Pittsburgh Steelers have overperformed when Ben Roethlisberger is in trouble. He doesn't have anything to do, dumps it down there to Najee, and the guy is pulling nine-yard gains, 10-yard, 20-yard gains out of his ass in a team that's struggling right now. And it's showing. It's good on the guy. As a rookie running back, 
That's freaking tough to do, man. He's the best talent you guys have had at running back since Le'Veon Bell, except for without the Le'Veon Bell elite uh, offensive line that he played behind. I was going to say Willie Parker. <laughs> no. no he, he, even that line was good. He, he's the best running back that Ben Roethlisberger has ever played with outside of Le'Veon Bell, but you have to factor in how in unbelievably good the Le'Veon Bell offensive line is. Yeah. He, he's the truth. Yeah, He's ridiculously good. Yeah, I'm excited to watch him for a long time. Ridiculously good. All right, guys. Anything else? So, I mean, just a couple parting shots here. We got the college football playoff second week coming out. This That'll be interesting to see. It's coming out here later tonight, but uh, we can't react to it because it hasn't happened yet. College basketball starts today. Uh, so I'm excited about that. Check us out. We're going to be having some college basketball stuff coming for you. Also, like us on Facebook so that you can follow uh, and check out our sports g- uh, gambling podcast both Saturday and Sunday morning before your college football games and your NFL games. And congratulations to the Buster Posey on his retirement. You will, We will see you in the hall someday. Uh, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame for Major League Baseball. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame for College Baseball. And he's probably almost certainly going into the Hall of Fame for Florida State. So, I mean, riding on the college football thing, I swear, if a two-loss Alabama team gets into the college playoff over an undefeated Cincinnati team, I'm fucking done with college football. We'll never watch it again. Mark my damn words right here on this podcast. Why wait? God (laughs) damn. It shouldn't happen. College football has been terrible for years. Lou Fickle, the Bearcats, they've been running the table the past few years. If they get screwed out one more time, I'm done. Well, you know, Alabama has one loss, but uh, I I guess. He's saying if they uh, lose to Georgia. Yeah, I guess we. we, They're they're almost certainly going to lose. I should have elaborated. Yeah, if they lose to Georgia. Then you guys just beat like. Uh, some JUCO by them fumbling at the in the goal line. Cincinnati's not they're just not that good, man. They beat Tulsa, who Tulsa, also not who, a JUCO who, team. Who close also enough. who also came close to beating Oklahoma week. Oklahoma's one, so. trash. <laughs> they're undefeated though. And that was that wasn't uh, that wasn't uh, well. That's another that's another day. But that was Cats, like a Tulane. Tulane. It was Tulane. Okay. So uh, I got some news for you, folks. College football has been trash for a while. <laughs> Ever since the uh, playoff system's been implemented, which doesn't work, we need a wider we need a wider spread or a different system. Word. Um, the conference system and the playoffs simply don't work. Nothing really adds up about any of it, and there's a lot of greed that goes into what maintains the current system. And until that changes, and it won't, because there's too many people making too much money to nah. maintain the current system. 12 teams is coming soon. NCAA, National we'll Communist Against Athletes. We'll see we'll, we'll see both about the 12-team system, and we'll also see how it's going to work within conferences. I think teams like the SEC will still be given unfair advantages, and college football is always going to be this unfair, subjective bullshit league so it's why i can't buy into it i i I watch college football regularly it's i can't i can't invest much time into it because it's bad so so basically i think if if you want to expand it in that sense why not make it kind of um it'd have to go to probably more than 12 but why don't you make it similar like the bowl games like the outback bowl was the number three in the sec west versus number three in the big 10 east or however like that so then you start running into top two or three from you know the power five um and then a couple open bids i think that's the only fair ish way to possibly do that so that way you're not just getting the top seven teams from the sec four and three or however 
That's a good point. The only thing that can change college football is the transfer uh, system, which uh, if you're a transfer out there, you should probably transfer to Florida State. Uh, every single one of you, go ahead and transfer to Florida State. Uh, if you don't look at the, the transfers that we have currently, we have a bunch of successful ones, including ones that will probably be taken very high in the draft next year. Jermaine Johnson. You should probably come to Florida State because that's the only team that you should ever transfer for. And I, I, I agree that we should probably make the, the league rule where you can only transfer to Florida State. But I do support the transfer rule as long as it's the Florida State. All right, everyone, have a great night. Congrats, Congrats so Buster. much.